Hello and welcome to Dice in a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered entirely by Baked Goods. My name is Joshua Gould, I am your Dungeon Master, Catman, and I am joined by two lovely slices of lemon drizzle cake. Is anyone else confused by the Catman comment? No, I support <laughs> it. He's <laughs> the captain, Captain Cabin Boy Catman. Oh yes, of course he is actually, isn't he? I don't know if he meant oh. it like that. I'm also right. thrilled that my players have been paying attention. <laughs> I don't think he's just outing himself as a furry. I think he's actually referring to his character. <laughs> what, I, I thought Josh was talking about Josh, and I thought he was just like making an announcement to the team, and I didn't know how concerned we have to be. Yeah, well, you should be pretty scared. It doesn't affect us particularly, yeah. but you've got a lot. He's discovered himself during lockdown. Yeah, quarantine affects everyone differently, but I'm not sure I'm on board with the cat thing. But of course, we love all of our listeners, so if you are into that, we don't judge you. Certainly I don't. Alicia might, but you know. I judge everyone. It just doesn't suit you, Josh. Let's <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not judging furries, we're judging you as a furry. Okay. Specifically. You're a very so... beautiful man, Josh, but you know, with limits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you should put that on your modelling profile. What's a that? handsome man with limits. Beautiful <laughs> <laughs> <told> with limits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Jazz. I'm the one who is uh, just very on point with the observations. I'm uh, I'm playing Skylar. Uh, you'll find out more about him, I guess. Uh, and <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I'm on fire today with my uh, chocolate chunk flapjack that Alice is also eating. Um, I'm Alice. I am playing Hendrix. Um, and I am joined by, yep, the same chocolate chip flapjack. We've got to start getting different slices, but obviously the same house, same kitchen. That means you've got to start cooking, babe. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to start ordering Domino's and I'll have a slice of pizza. Um, but no, I'm saving my I'm saving my cake sliced for um, angrily consuming later because uh, Hendrix is in quite a place right now and I can't wait to kind of just chomp through oats and, and, and glare at the sea. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alicia. I am playing Tala and my slice of cake today is a slice of carrot cake and I'm not going to lie to you guys, I have already cracked into it and it's really fucking good. Mm. And this cake, and I'm going to hold my hands up, was out of a packet. It was one of those ones where you just buy the bag of milk and like add water and oil. I made the icing from scratch, although that was the worst bit because it's pretty <laughs> sloppy. But the cake is moist and it's delicious. And I'm so really many of our listeners that have a predis predisposition to not liking that word. Look, if you get on board for a baking slash D&D podcast, you have to accept that the word moist is going to appear. <laughs> this mix for the carrot cake, does it have dried carrot in it? Like freeze-dried carrot? It must do, otherwise it wouldn't be a carrot cake, it would just be a cake. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I can't remember the brand, but honestly, it's really fucking good. I'm so impressed. So here we go. Episode three. Hendrix, are you going to recap for us? All right, I'll see, if, I'll see what I can remember. Uh, Tyler and I come round in this uh, little jail cell uh, with all the, you know, animal people that uh, owe me money. So um, the little sprightly, um, you know, slip of a lad was there and he was breaking us out. The, the little guy obviously goes to run to uh, alert people, so Tyler runs after him and um, talks him out of it, takes the whistle from his limp, scared hands, which I respect, <laughs> comes back. We all get our stuff when we get out of there. Tana's worried about her prince fellow that she kind of left undefended. So we decide to go and um, have a look, you know, I don't want to leave her doing something dangerous like that. Plus she might run into the bitch queen. And I had a slight thought that maybe we could go rob the bitch queen whilst we were there. And I do want her stuff because she's got a lot of warlock stuff that I want. But um, so we go down there. Um, the whole place smelled like shit. I felt a bit queasy. 
and all we find is a bunch of rats. But yeah, Prince was fine, so we uh, got out of there, get on the ship, and oh, and then, oh, oh, I think everyone, well, Skylar was a little bit um, soft on these guys, but I think Tala will back me up in saying that then it was a real shit show of a series of revelations. Turns out our crew are a group of ex-slavers who spent five years fanning about deciding whether or not they want to keep doing evil deeds. Even worse than that, they don't know how to sail a boat. So we're on a boat with a crew who can't sail. And it's a hot boat that they've stolen. And then they're just dawdling around in the pier of the place they stole it from. Bunch of guards started running around, coming to arrest us. Some kind of warning bell was going off. Clearly, we got to get out of here. So we're now setting sail with these idiots who uh, can neither be a crew nor be people that we have any sort of respect for so that yeah that's that's where we're going we're looking for someone to have a nice chat and to make it all worse there's no beers on board because they stole this boat so i don't know how we're gonna have a constructive conversation with no beers oh and there's a whole bunch of stuff with a zoo and this evil guy and a whole like evil island and blah 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 <laughs> oh yeah the plot thank you yeah the, yeah yeah the plot thing the plot thing <laughs> So, you are on the boat, and you have asked them to take you to a place that is safe to evade the uh, guards that will inevitably be coming for either yourselves or the boat itself. You're not quite sure. The person manning the helm is Pad, and you, you remember Pad, the uh, lion, lion head to Baxi. Basically, at some point, I assume Hendrix is going to be staying up by the helm with Pad. Yes, yes, almost certainly. He wants to have a little chat with Pad. Um, and also he's just going to stand dramatically on this boat, brooding around being a damp sea man, because that's what he does. Can you please roll me a performance check for broodiness? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How believable is your brooding? <laughs> oh, can I do, can, oh, can I do intimidation? Can I have intimidating broodiness? I'm afraid it's a it's a performance check because we're seeing if you can come across as brooding. All right, that is a fifteen, so it's middling broodiness. Fifteen. I mean, that's pretty good. Fifteen. Fifteen is is by all by all metrics a success. Uh, so Hendrix has sort of stood slightly away from Pad as 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 Pad is manning the steering wheel, and I think you're probably using a bit of your warlocky magic to make your make your clothing billow a little bit. There's a there's a sort of dramatic mm. wind that seems to follow you and only you. And and Pad sort of every now and again nervously looks over to you. Um, at one point he says, uh, uh, so you, you wanted to go uh, somewhere safe where we can't be found. Uh, remind me, do we want to go out to open waters or do we find a nice little cove? I believe you said finding somewhere would take a few days and um, we just want to have a little chat before then. I think it's important that we all straighten out a few little uh, things that we only just learnt. Right, we shall go straight for the open waters then. That way, you can see, that way uh, we can see anything coming at least. Yeah, so he doesn't say much. He's kind of just standing there like, he's like, I'm just going to stew here until it's the right time to blow up you. But I, I appreciate that I blew up at you <laughs> and then we asked you to sail us somewhere safe. So I have to wait a little bit before I can blow up at you. You have the silence. <laughs> 
of a mother whose children forgot to buy her a Mother's Day present. That is a bad silence. Um, So for everyone's information, the weather is currently semi-overcast. There is a gentle breeze blowing in a sort of northwesterly direction, which happens to be the direction in which the boat is travelling. Hendrix looks at the sea like with the permanent look of someone who's surveying a coming storm, even if the weather is perfectly clement. You know, that's, <laughs> that's just that's his, his resting, resting um, stormho face. Knowing what we know about Hendrix, that is completely on brand. Yeah. So the hot boat is travelling northwest, and Pad, every now and again, will sort of look up towards the crow's nest to check on Shimmer, who who seems to be pointing in a in a northwest direction with their with their beak as well. Sat at the very front, at the prow of the boat or the bow, depending on. Uh, your preferred description. Norma is sat there and she's tinkling away with some sort of metallic object that you can see. Occasionally, uh, Tiny will come up and down the little hatch, which leads down to the lower deck, uh, where you guys know there to be uh, a series of commodities and just cargo, general cargo. Ooh, we might need to look into that general cargo. Well, you've, you've been at sea for certainly a couple of hours now. Okay. And at first, you were very aware of the alarm bells in the city, in the city of Nakoti. But as you got further and further away, and the sound of the alarms stopped being quite so prominent, you weren't able to see any boats pursuing you necessarily. Cool. So I will now ask what Tala is up to on, on this boat over the couple of hours they've had. I imagine that she's probably just spent a lot of it sat by herself thinking, because she, much like Hendrix, was also pretty pissed off by the whole boat crew or lack thereof. She may have spoken to Tiny about, probably about the work that he's been doing and more about this zoo, trying to just garner a bit more information. Uh, roll me a... Persuasion check, please. That is a 14. So Tiny would have told you that he has been working as a quartermaster within the crew as a whole for several years. His quartermaster was one of the first things that he wanted to be as a as a child. And you learn that Minotaurs, where he is from, they are they are proud uh, sailors. Sailor is the word I was looking for. Yes, I pause to think of the word sailor. <laughs> it's only a pirate game. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've come here with your prow and your bow, but you forgot sailor. I found an 87-page PDF of nautical terms. And sailor just... Wasn't there. Wasn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> he would have told you that the Minotaurs are proud sailors and that every young minotaur must head out on their own little catamaran and he was caught up in a storm ended up getting him washed to this area where he eventually sought employment as a quartermaster he would have also told you that before he found his way onto a boat he spent a lot of time working in a kitchen or a like a canteen at last hope and that's where he was initially approached by their previous employer Question, what is a quartermaster? Someone who looks after the ship's provisions and ensures the crew is well fed. Um, on a lot of boats, the quartermaster is almost the second in command in many ways because they are in charge of like distribution of things. Do they ca- they watch the money as well, don't they? They like uh, do the accounting and stuff? They watch the money, they do the accounting, they make sure that everything is equally distributed. Cool. Okay. I will say, 
Tala probably thinks more of Tiny now because the whole, from your very short description of the conversation I imagine they've had, she gets the vibe that the Minotaurs are similar to the Tritons in how they work. Obviously they're in slightly mm. different areas, but they seem to be similar in terms of kind of right and following the passage and all mm. that stuff. So I imagine that she's warmed to Tiny slightly. Mm. So Tala would have had that conversation with Tiny. We know Hendrix is brooding just off to the side of Pad. <laughs> what has Sky been up to over the past couple of hours? He wants to give these people the benefit of the doubt on account of him also being from a difficult situation. He knows that it is sometimes, it takes a while for you to realize that you can get out. Uh, so he ain't judging them too much. He, he gets it, but... Uh, He's still, he's curious. He don't like to trust too easily. So he isn't about to go shouting at them for their bad calls, but he is going to sneak around and have a little look. Because <laughs> hey. he's a rogue. Plot twist. Guy the sneaking. What are you looking for specifically? Uh, he wants to have a look and see what's in this cargo. Yeah. Because he understands that they joined this uh, this here crew because um, they were it was either eat or be eaten. If I recall, sure. it was join the crew or go to the zoo, um, which sounds a lot more fun. <laughs> That's a great slogan. <laughs> that sounds a lot more fun than what actually happened, given that they are animal people. So um, yeah, but I still. I, I know that they were slavers, so I wanna, I wanna check what's in this cargo. Please roll me a stealth check. All right. So that is a twenty-three. Hot oh, damn. Mm -hmm. So you've been watching, keeping an eye on Tiny as he comes in and out of the little hatch that goes to the lower deck. You manage to time it while he's between conversations, while he's having a conversation with Tyler. You sort of. Just lift up the hatch and slip your way in, almost as though you're becoming like water. Yeah, I'm a skinny boy. I can, I can weave. And you make your way down into the lower deck. Please roll me an investigation check. Yeah, this might be where I fall down. <laughs> I can sneak. Can I see? Hmm, that's an eight. <laughs> um, so you get down into the lower deck. And you look about, you see there are lots of crates and barrels and things like that. You open one of the barrels and you realise it's got like salted fish in it, like sort of fish fish kept in salt or a brine. Uh, some of the barrels have uh, meats of, of various other types inside them as well. A lot of the crates contain fruits and vegetables. Well, that's handy. You don't recognise any of the labelling that they've used on there, but but why would you? It's not a not a thing that you're particularly familiar with. You don't seem to find anything particularly of value on, on the boat other than the foodstuffs. There is a barrel of water as well. And yet no beer. No beer as far as you can find. Outrage. <laughs> Sacrilege. I want my money back for my tickets that I bought to be on this boat. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to have a little look and see if there is um, a captain's quarter. Yes, on the on the top deck there is a sort of a captain's quarters. All yes. right, well it's a good thing. The one thing I got going for me is stealth, so let's go. Well, I'll I'll carry over your stealth check because you didn't really do anything do anything that would have sort of made you suspicious. Oh, so I'm gonna sneak back out of the hat. Yeah, so you, you sort of scamper light-footedly up the, up the steps that lead to the hatch. You get onto the top deck and you sort of look up and you see 
you see Shimmer still very much on the lookout. Norma is still sort of cranking away at something using some sort of tool you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You head over towards the, the captain's quarters. Um, you try the first door you get to and it is locked. No, it ain't. <laughs> Please roll me a sleight of hand check. Fifteen. Fifteen. So you get your lock picks out and you sort of start jiggling around. You you, you sort of use the uh, use your own hand as a bit of a fulcrum to try and get this lock. And it is it is quite a difficult lock to get. It's due to the fact that it is metal that has been at sea. It's quite rusty, and it's not been particularly well looked after. And that's sort of the general vibe you get from this boat as a whole. Right. You feel like it's sort of getting towards the end of its nautical life, if indeed Skylar was able to have that much insight. No, I ain't. I just know that this is starting to look like a piece of shit. Yeah, but you do, you do manage to hear, hear that, that satisfying click as the door opens into the captain's quarters. You make your way inside and you see there is a desk. It's, it's not a fancy desk. There's a, there's a thick leather-bound book on the table. Ooh. And there appear to be maps on the walls. There's a massive sort of there's a massive bay window that sort of looks out towards the back of the boat through the stern. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> You're a boatman now. And when I, I assume Skylar's gonna go over to the book and see what the book is. Oh yeah. So you open up this this huge leather band book and you very quickly sort of surmise that it is just a log of where the boat has been and the cargo it has been carrying. You see uh, that the cargo in in the lower deck, in the hull, was intended to be sold at a market in Nakoti. The intended salesperson, their name was Farouk, and they would have been selling the contents in the Nakoti market, the famous Nakoti market, where you can find anything if you look hard enough. Well, they ain't gonna be able to find these particular fruit and vegetables, because we got them now. (laughs) (laughs) We got the one thing the Nakoti market don't have. One. One final roll before we move on with the action. Could you roll me a history check, please? Oh, shit. Skylar. Uh, so that's a 13. 13. You uh, see, it has obviously the destination, it has the recipient, um, it also has the, the departing port where it, where it initially left. And you see it's come from a place called Furt Isle, uh, which you've not ever heard of. Again, it's, it's not really within your, within your life. You know, like, it's not anything that would have come up, so there's no reason why you would have heard of it. Um, but you just know that is where this boat originally came from. All right. So two to three hours pass, and you do find yourselves very much in open water. The winds have been favourable for you. Pad turns to Hendrix and says, "Well, I'm, I'm afraid the ocean's a little deep for us to be able to lower the anchor. This, this vessel isn't exactly made for such deep waters as this. But if you're happy with us to keep moving, I think now would be a." Now would be a good time to ask any questions if you have them. There's, there's a few. I um, before doing any of that, he'd like to. Can I roll like an insight? I think it would be or whatever it would be to like for these kind of hours we've been stood. He'd like to just gauge how much they can or can't indeed sail this boat competently. Because sure, yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of nervousness last time. That got him a little concerned. Sure, you are proficient in navigators' tools, aren't you? Yes. So roll me an insight check and add your proficiency bonus because of your proficiency with navigators tools. Oh, I did not do well. I rolled a five. Wow. Too busy focusing on your brooding. Yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> too, too busy brooding. I'm blinded by my assumptions, I think. I've decided they can't sail and therefore that's all Blind, I'm seeing. Blinded by your rage. 
I think, yeah, Hendrix has made his own sort of judgments without really analysing the situation as it is. Yeah. But you know, that the, you know that the boat has been moving. It seems to be going at a fair rate of knots as well. Um, that could be because of good wind. However, you notice there's a lot of a lot of inaction from the crew as well. Not that there is anything to be done necessarily, but you notice that they that they're not doing anything per se. Yeah. Gonna look some um, pads. Like I think we should all talk together because I know that uh, I know that the lass had a lot of things to say. But um, before we kind of all convene, I just want to ask something. And he kind of kind of goes towards him a little bit. There's a lot of stuff you didn't tell us, and when we said sail, you all seemed pretty nervous. I'm just gonna need you to level with me right now. How competent is this crew? Is this a fully trained? Competent, seaworthy crew, or not? Roll me, roll me a persuasion check. Cool. So seventeen. Seventeen. So he's he's still sort of staring off into the middle distance, and he he says, "Look, we we used to be part of a larger crew. I mean, I'm sure I don't need to tell you that that four people on their own can't manage an entire boat. But we seem to be managing well enough. Uh, we're all relatively well trained. Admittedly, I've not ever." held the helm of a boat before, but I don't seem to be, do- to be doing that too bad of a job. And, like, you you know that, like, the, sm- the sailing has been relatively smooth. Yeah. And you're sort of reminded of, of the phrase that, uh, that smooth sailing really makes a good sailor. Smooth seas, sorry. Yes, yeah. He steps closer to Pad and um, his tone drops and he's like, have you ever handled a ship through a bad storm, boy? So right now, anyone could sail this boat. But if shit hits the wall, if storm clouds start forming <laughs> over there, if everything goes to hell, do your people know what to do? And he's like very close to him and he looks very yeah. serious. He's a damp <laughs> sea warlock with no patience. <laughs> he's probably got crabby breath as well. Yeah. You roll quite well on your persuasion. There's a, a flicker of, not quite indecision, a, a flicker of doubt. Mm. And he says, well, we, we've certainly been on ships when the seas have not been quite so fair to us you know i I cannot stress enough this is the first time i've properly steered a ship but i i certainly know how to hoist a mainsail and and i know how to batten down a hatch or two in my time as for norma well she can construct anything that breaks shimmer can see a storm a mile off and and tiny is he's a pretty good guy to have on board let me tell you that much all right he kind of just narrows his eyes at him and he just kind of gets he's just getting closer and closer each time and he's like sailing (laughs) Ain't a joke, boy. The sea <laughs> is not kind. It wants to destroy you, and you have to prove that you're worthy to live. Do you understand me? Oh, absolutely, crystal clear. All right. And like you, I'm, I'm not going to make you roll intimidate because that terrified me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You see his whiskers sort of twitch in a nervous sort of manner. Carla and Hendrix have very different views of the sea. Yes. <laughs> Hendrix is like, the sea wants to kill you. And Tala's like, the sea is your friend and it brings life. <laughs> the sea ain't your friend. He's not your friend, absolutely. It's my friend. At this point, uh, Tiny comes up. He's sort of got a, a wooden board with, with various meats, fishes and fruits and vegetables on it. He takes the... Uh, a frying pan that he seems to have with him and he sort of strikes it with a knife and sort of makes a, a makeshift dinner bell. And he pops it at the at the bow of the ship on the stair and you sort of intuit that that's food uh, and that is sort of, that is bolstered by, by Shimmer very, almost too quickly 
sort of jumping down out of a out of the crow's nest. So the rest of the crew, uh, pad pad included, he he sets the the steering wheel and, and they tend to use a bit of rope to sort of keep it in place to stop the ship from just going wildly out of control. And everyone sort of grabs grabs some food and and at this point Shimmer uh, seems to use some sort of magics to to make make water appear in like a, a like a globe like around and everyone takes like a, a cup or a coconut half and sort of grab themselves some water to have as well it's a cup if you're a normal person it's a coconut half if you're feeling like it's a party yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're feeling fun <laughs> yeah, i'm feeling fun today i'm gonna use the coconut cup <laughs> fetch me a straw <laughs> he manifests an orb of water and an orb of pina colada <laughs> and we know which one hendrix goes for <laughs> He's not fun enough for a pina colada. Can you imagine? Absolutely not. Hendrix loves water. You are aware, all, all of you sort of noticed that there's not been loads of stuff taken up from underneath. It's not like they're having a feast or a banquet or something to celebrate having the ship. It's like it's a meal of necessity. They are eating what they can and they seem to be quite low value items of food as well. Hendrix, you're probably quite quite grateful to see potatoes there. Oh, uh, potatoes. There are potatoes there. <laughs> How dare you come at me with potatoes? But yes, <laughs> very happy. <laughs> so you feel like now would be a good time to mention any concerns while everyone is sort of quietly eating and they are sort of quietly eating and they seem grateful for the food that they have. Um, in terms of quizzing the people, he's going to um, let Tala take the lead. I think Tala's got the most legitimate and focused concerns. How interesting. Tala wasn't going to take the lead at all. <laughs> you don't have to, but he would kind of like look to you in a kind of like he's expecting you to take the lead if you want to. Okay, so having Hendrix looked to Tala, as mm-hmm. if Tala is the grown up of the situation, mm-hmm. she is kind of going to let people eat first because, you know, I'm sure they're hungry. They've been doing a semblance of work. And she's just going to say, okay, so I think it is really important that you tell us everything you know about this zoo, where it is, how it operates, who runs it, who you know, who was involved in it. And if we could be honest from the start this time, I think that would be quicker. Okay, you can either roll persuasion or you can roll intimidation using your strength score instead of your charisma. Oh, okay. Well, then that just makes it higher. Yeah, I'll intimidate. Like, she's not trying to scare them, but she's also like, I have no time for the nonsense that we had earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably a bit of your city guard training. Yeah. That is a dirty 20. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a look of uh, slight fear and a lot more resignation sort of going through the crew, with the exception of Shimmer, who seems to be sort of blissfully unaware. <laughs> or possibly Shimmer. they just feel like they've feel like they're, they're sort of beyond that conversation anyway. Yeah. And there's there's a few beats of silence as they look at each other. And Pad says, well, look, I, I I don't know how much more you you want to know. You want to know everything we know about this zoo? Mm-hmm. We can take you there, but we wouldn't be able to show it to you on a map. I'm afraid a lot of the maps uh, don't show it. it. It sort of exists outside of what has already been... Uh, mapped with regards to who runs it i'm afraid we've we've never met the guy we assume it's a guy bold of me to assume with regards to getting there i mean we would have to have a boat that is recognized by the guards there there are 
Loads of boats. How many guards are there? Goodness, I, I, I couldn't tell you this. At least 15 boats that patrol the waters. How many people there are on the boats, I couldn't possibly say. Okay, so is the zoo on like its own island or is it part of another island or? It's got its own island. Oh no shit. It's got a huge sort of mountain in the middle of it, a large rocky spire, almost you could call it, if, if I was being fantastical with my words. Okay, so what creatures do they keep there? We've moved all sorts of things there. We've we've moved, I mean, just in terms of, of and he he looks, he almost looks as though he's going to say something untrue, and Tali, your eyes sort of detect that, and, and he then sort of resumes this look of resignation. He says, we've, we've moved all manner of sentient beings there. And so do they just live there? In the same way that an animal or beast would live in a zoo, yes. And they just stay there the whole time in cages? Do people take them or buy them? I've never been there. I don't know what happens on the island itself. I can only speak for what's been moved in. I, I ain't ever come across nothing like this. I don't rightly see the purpose in it. Who goes to this island? Who goes and looks at these animals in cages? That doesn't seem like a good business idea, and I don't know much about business, but... Yeah, they, they can't have a massive tourist footfall because it's a secret island, which makes me believe that it's not just a zoo where people walk around for pleasure. It makes me think there's something else happening. I... There's a lot of money in that. If you're talking 15 ships of guards, mm-hmm. that's more than just a rich megalomaniac with a private zoo. That's a yeah. rich megalomaniac doing something else. Very dubious. Have you ever shipped creatures off the island to other places? Uh, he sort of looks at the other crew and they they all sort of shake their heads. Again, with the exception of Shimmer, who's sort of just heartily tucking into what looks like cherries. Shimmer, we um, require you to be present at this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sh- Shimmer sort of makes makes some, some clucking noises and, and they look as though they're sort of in on the conversation now. <laughs> Thank you, Shimmer. Nice to have you with us. Uh, I'm afraid we've, we've only ever taken we've only ever taken payment off the island. Norma pipes up, actually. I, I don't think you understand. We, we've only been Involved in the moving of people onto the island. We're not involved with that as a whole. I, I know it's, it's not very satisfying. Um, so you're telling me in five years you've never overheard a conversation or been privy to information by accident or just used your eyes and seen something? We've seen the people that have been moved onto the island, certainly. There's always a boat that comes up and meets us and the person just gets moved onto the island and that's sort of the limits of, of the interactions we've had or i mean okay so what about nakoti what about nakoti what are your dealings what was your guy doing why was there tritons turning on the city uh well says pat as as we said last time we we knew we had plans to do something in the city. We'd overheard his conversations with some of the Tritons he'd been meeting with off the shore. We were only able to get sort of snippets of, of what the plans were, and you sort of saw most of the plans unfold as it is. So what, he was going to take two kids, two regular kids, to a zoo? Maybe it's a side hustle. I mean, just because he's a ship, you know, does shipping for this zoo don't mean he's doing nothing else. Sounds like the man doesn't have, you know, the best morals. He might have been looking at a side gig in a, you know, ransom or, or who knows what. Right. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. 
my friend, uh, if I may. This zoo. I mean, where have you gotten the word zoo from? If you're shipping people there, but you don't know what they're doing, where's the word even come from? I mean, this could be a, like, a large-scale, I don't know, perverse brothel experimentation setup. Anything. Slave market. You know, why zoo? Yeah, so sort of as you say each of those words as descriptors of, of what could be happening, um, each of the crew seemed to react to, to slightly different words themselves. Okay, interesting. Tiny himself and mm. and Pad, they seem to react quite strongly to the to the slave right. market. Well, yeah, because we know we know that they were slaves. Norma has a very very negative reaction. To her sort of she's got quite a positive vibe about her. That mm. seems to vanish the second that like a like brothel is mentioned. And actually, mm. at, at each of the mentions of the words, Shimmer. Um, has a negative reaction, but it's quite difficult to tell if that is a reaction that Shimmer has learned to those words. Right. Or if okay. it's a reaction that Shimmer is having to those words. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Tiny speaks up and says, uh, look, we, we don't know what the nature of it is. It's just what everyone called it. Right. We'd say, we've got another zoo delivery. We've got to move something to the zoo. So it's more of a more of a euphemism than something we should go based in any assumptions on. Mm. So um, what do we want to do about it, guys? If it's so heavily guarded, and I mean, it seems like it's a it's a big, big thing we'd be getting involved in if we don't know any of the parties involved. Like if we don't know who owns it, if we don't know who goes to it, if we don't know what it is, we don't know if it's set up to be for like some kind of god. I, you know, like what? Where do we go from here? Well, there is currently a. Uh position available i thought that what would the word be like infiltrate like pretend that we are shippers i have reason to believe that they may be shipping people out of nakoti already so they've just lost one of their guys because i killed him i've got another question um why would we want to go throwing ourselves onto that particular pyre i mean it sounds like an evil place i don't support it running but I imagine you've got rich, powerful people. I'm sure they're going there to get their jollies in one way or another, and I don't think we've got the power to really take that kind of thing down. And no offense, but I'm just trying to live my life. Don't really feel like dying over the first big sad cause I hear about. But doesn't that make it even more satisfying to know that you're fucking off a load of rich people? He looks like that does tempt him. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he doesn't. A sickle and hammer glimmers, glimmers in Hendrix's eyes. He doesn't answer because he doesn't want to tell you that that worked. But he is like, that is something. <laughs> He's like, you get me. Well, if I if I may, um, we wouldn't be able to get within a stone's glance, let alone a stone's throw of that island, if, unless we're in an official boat. You know, it's. It's invitation only, whether you're a supplier or a there for leisure, whatever that means. Uh, you'd probably need to have some sort of invitation or... I mean, I know the boats all have, you know, an indicator on them. The third option I'm thinking is that if you really care about taking down this place, you've got to put in the time, got to go get some money, some resources, hire some mercenaries, talk to some groups who are going to care, Find the relatives of, you know, loved ones of the people who've been taken. You're going to find people that'll want to back you up. And I would recommend that rather than us three running in 
people sneaking in and getting gunned down, trying to do a task that's too big for us. I guess if it is fair, we all got our own shit going on. Pad sort of puts his cup down on like the railing, um, and then he sort of lifts his hand up to speak emphatically, and as he does, the cup falls off to the side. Oh it's no! Um, oh no! <laughs> so he, he he puts it down. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's what he gets for putting a, a round coconut cup on a banister. <laughs> no, no, never mind that. Look, I I care about my mortal soul. Um, I recognize that I've been part of deeds that are not good at all by any metric. I would like to rectify my mistakes, but you know, you've made a very salient point that there's no immediate way that we could do anything. But if you're looking to make allies... I know for a fact that you'll be able to find quite a few people at, at, at the Last Hope. It's always a good place to go. Skylar Squint. The the Last Hope, it's a, it's a place where waifs and strays and, and those tied to the nautical life meet. It's it's sort of a a home from home for those without a home. There's a lot of uses of the word home. Tala has another face that's like she's just holding back from saying the word criminal. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're all talking here about getting a whole big bunch of people together to go and take down this thing that's what that's what you're saying i know that uh y'all are, are kind of looking at this like you don't really want to go but um the you guys you want to go and you want to get a fleet and you want to get people involved you want to get money go in and get those people and now i've i've got some skills which means that i'd be able to help you do that but i would want something back well absolutely you don't get anything in this life for free skylar name your price I'd want you to come with me back to my home. Well, you must have people at home. We, we can we can take them with us. They can they can help us. No, my my home is not a good place. My home has been taken over by some very evil creature, and I am looking to get it free. But I ain't got nothing outside of my home, so I can offer my skills and do what I can do to help you. But in return, I would need you to come and help me and get my people free from this awful creature what's got everyone under its spell. When you say awful creature, well, he kind of looks all embarrassed. <laughs> he's a he's a talking toad. Um, there's there's sort of a, a look of general confusion among the group. He's a, a toad what can uh, tell the future. Yeah, he's, he's kind of been running my, my hometown for too long and it, his his power is starting to get out of hand he's he's very good at getting in people's heads and i i well i stood up to him and i had to leave quite promptly um but i had to leave my sisters behind and i i'm not happy about that but i also don't have the power to go and get him if it were that easy he'd be gone by now but it is entrenched in our culture around this creature and i want him gone because he is hurting people so if you need someone to help you to get this team together to go and free all these wrongs that you've been doing you can pay me back by then turning that fleet and heading down to oasis pat extends a hand a gloved hand towards you skylar so he shakes yeah, they do like the predator handshake where it's like forearms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> An agreement. Tala is going to turn to Skylar and say, 
If you are willing to help me fix the problems I have in my home, then I'm more than happy to come and help you fix the problems in yours. Now, are you sure about that? Because I know it, it's a long way to go. I, I don't want to be no trouble, but I'm, I'm more than willing to help. Hey, it is okay. I, I have a sneaking suspicion I might not have a job to go back to. <laughs> well, and uh, I also don't like bullies. And this guy sounds kind of like a douche. So That's certainly one way of putting it. I also quite enjoy putting men in their place. They're kind of, it's enjoyable for me. I can believe that. <laughs> I can see it. So yeah, Hendrix is um, also looking appalled at your whole story and is like nodding along as um, Tyler offers to help. He's like, same here, you know, lad, whatever happens, you know, if this whole, whatever our kind of plan regarding this zoo is, I'm, I'm coming to help you with that. That sounds like oh, real shite. I'm sorry about your sisters. And sorry about this toad. And Yeah, I, th I think we can, um, you can count on both of us. Guy looks really touched kind of looking between the, the two of you and it's kind of like it's obvious how like young he is um, but also how much he is trying to carry a lot of responsibility but it's kind of like you know when a, a young man has been given a lot of shit to deal with and he yeah. isn't quite equipped with it yet because he's young and inexperienced but he's He's doing his darndest. Yeah, you're so. doing this on behalf of like a whole village. You are like mm. one man doing the job for like an entire like town, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's like, uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. So Pad is gonna gonna turn to Tyler and he's gonna say, so you support Skylar. And he's gonna turn to Hendrix and say, you support Skylar. And Skylar, you and I are in agreement. Yep. Very well then. And at this point, Tiny will extend an arm towards Tyler, and Norma will extend a hand towards Hendrix, expecting a handshake of some sort. He kind of half extends a hand and is like, wait, what am I shaking on? Uh, and exactly. Norma says, well, it's an agreement, an alliance, if you will. If the two of you are supporting Skylar, then, uh, then we support you. All right, and then in, in, a, you know, in a roundabout way, we're helping you with the zoo. You're helping a lot of people with the zoo. You're helping me with the zoo too. That I'm comfortable with. So Tala will shake uh, Tiny's hand. And, and Hendrix will shake Norma's hand. And as, as Hendrix grasps uh, Norma's hand, she says, quite quietly, she says, uh, and you'll get the, uh, the stuff that bitch queen has. <laughs> <laughs> and she oh, like, yeah. winks cheekily. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm remembering that stuff. <laughs> I'm remembering that stuff. I really hope it's worth it. I mean, I don't know what she has. She follows Axel, she'll have something. And then uh, the, the lot of you all break shakes and uh, everyone roll me a perception check, please. Oh, shimmer, what you doing? Feels like it's a shimmer mischief kind of roll. <laughs> Got that shimmer mischief feeling. That is a 15 for me. Four, I'm, I don't know. Uh, and 22. Was, was yours a four, <laughs> Alice? Yes! He's thinking about the free shit. Yeah, yeah Hendrix, you're sort of distracted by the mysteries surrounding that bitch queen. Yep. Tala, you hear Shimmer. I knew it! I think I said it was Shimmer mischief. <laughs> you you hear Shimmer making making the sound, and it sort of, it sounds like, a, it, it's a sound of excitement, sort of a nondescript, like an exclamation mark 
actualized in sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Skylar, just before you hear Shimmer make that sound, you see just out the corner of your eye, you see there's like a like a green flash that happens off somewhere somewhere in the far horizon, just as the sun is sort of starting to starting to dip below the horizon line. Um, and then straight after you see that green flash, you hear Shimmer sort of make the sound of exclamation. Mm-hmm. And, every, and then at this point, the rest of the crew all, all face out west. There was a green flash over there. Oh, show it. Would Tala know what that would be? Well, I was going to say Tala and Hendrix were only a history check. Ooh! Get you guys. Oh, I don't have any history. <laughs> Skylar just don't even show up for the roll. <laughs> no, I don't have history, but that's a 14. That's a good roll. I got... Oh, I got 12. Um, Hendrix, you know that like in in nautical lore, there is a lot of stuff about flashes and dusk and and various colours meaning various things. You, you vaguely recall something yep. like Red Sky at Night, Shepherd's Delight, and you ask yourself how that's relevant. <laughs> Great! <laughs> Tala, you have heard, again, of of strange things happening at sea, strange flashes, uh, whether they're caused by weather phenomena or things like that. You vaguely recall green meaning something, but you can't quite find that. It's like that bit of information is sort of just hiding, just like hiding behind the metaphorical pillars in your mind. You can't quite, can't quite see it. Um, you do vaguely recall it being tied loosely to Luska. And can we just tell everyone who Lushka is? Uh, Lushka is the uh, is the god that a lot of the Tritons follow. The many tentacled god. It's basically like the essence and the spirit of the sea and the ocean. Creates the tide, creates the creatures, brings life, takes life if you fuck up. <laughs> some people believe Lushka to be the antithesis of Axul, and some people believe Lushka and Axul to be one and the same. And he appears as an octopus, and Axul appears as a squid. And um, they may well, yeah, be the same creature. Their names are the reverse of each other. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that Luska gifted the earth to the world, and other people believe that Axul had the sea floor forcibly taken from him, on which civilization can then be built. Which is why the sea hates everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's why the sea hates everyone. <laughs> can I do an Arcana check on the green mist? Um, yeah, roll me an Arcana check. Oh, not 20, that's 24! Yeah, Yeah! That's much better than my four history roll. Okay, so you know that the sorts of magics to do with flashes at sea either will come from natural phenomena, or it could be from a, an explicit spell. In the example of divine, or in your case, uh, more abyssal magics, it can be uh, formed of a, of a of a pact. Pacts are fairly common, um, certainly with with sea gods. Given your given your previous history role, um, you I, I can't give you anything specific that yeah. would spark that. But you would know that flashes of magic generally at sea will be formed either from pacts being formed or broken, or from creation of something. Cool. When Shimmer makes this noise, everyone sort of looks up and and they go to the port side of the boat, which is the left side. <laughs> you and your boat terms. Anyone who doesn't know that port is left shouldn't be listening to a pirate podcast. Jazz, you don't know that left is left. <laughs> I know that left is a word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what it means. I do. I know it's a direction. I just don't know which one. <laughs> just before you come at people about port and starboard, you don't know left. <laughs> So everyone rushes to the to the port side of the ship. 
Um, and Shiver makes this noise that sort of sounds calming. It's like when a like when a chicken's just sort of perusing, like that sort of sound. It's quite a comforting sound among among hens, which is a weird noise for a, for a crow person to make. But you sort of don't question it because Shimmer's a bit weird anyway. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of this general feeling of of calm among everyone. Like everyone's like there is a plan, and you feel as though a lot of the a lot of the differences that might have been there. Or, or questions that might have been there have, have been sort of semi-reconciled. And you three certainly get the impression that the four of them, that they trust you with gratitude. So they are they are thankful that you have not turned on them because they saw how well you sort of held your own against against the baddies in, 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 that, in that big fight. It's evening time now. You've all just finished your sort of impromptu supper time meeting. Everyone then sort of returns to their posts, shimmer jumps, uh, not jumps, climbs up the rigging. Uh, Norma actually goes below deck. Tiny, Tiny also goes below deck, and Pad returns to the to the helm. Um, Hendrix, before he goes to bed, he's pacing around. He's looking at the seas, looking at Tala and Skylar, and seeing that they're all having their individual thoughts. Um, he assumes that we're all equally unsure what we're doing, but we're all locked in. I think he might go talk to Tiny. He feels like Tiny is the only one who doesn't talk pure bullshit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tiny's a good egg. So he goes over to Tiny, um, and it's just like, hey friend, um, little question. Yeah, go ahead. When we all shook hands earlier and there was that green flash, some kind of pact spell, right? I, I'm afraid it's just one of those things, a good omen, they say. Who says that? Who says it's a good omen? Well, it's just something I've heard, you know. Alright, just thought you might know. Never mind. No, I'm afraid I'm, I'm not exactly a... A packed sort of guy. Uh, Hendrix, roll me a perception check, please. That's a nine. A nine. Um, Tiny seems to have things in his hands that he didn't have in his hands before you spoke to him. Um, and you do see, like, there are some things sort of moving about in the... Sort of, like, in the background, almost, is why, while you're talking to him. In in one hand, he's got, like, a big a big hunk of meat. In the other hand, he's got some sort of vegetable, probably a turnip or a swede, some sort of root vegetable. I don't think Hendrix is going to react in any way because the quartermaster's holding food. I mean, he doesn't care. He's like, all right, the quartermaster's holding food. With a perception of nine, I don't think you can really intuit much more than that. He's just going to—he's just going to wander away, muttering to himself about hacks and as you things. as you walk away, you sort of bump into something that you can't quite see. What do I? What is like invisible or like I just am too stupid to see it? No, like invisible, like it, like you, like you bumped into an invisible, mindless, shapeless force. Okay, in that case, he's like, "What the fuck is that?" And and Tony says, "Oh, don't worry about that. That's just Oswald." Who? He's my unseen servant. Oh, you've got one of those. Oh, I keep wanting one of those. Oh, is he good? Is he useful? Because I keep thinking I'm gonna call my Andrew. Oh, he's he's very useful. I I'd, I'd recommend it. It's a great spell to pick up. Yeah, I, I do keep toying with that one. Oh, that's very impressive. All right, well, sorry, Oswald. Didn't mean to get in your way. Like you, you sort of see like a, like a, a small, like a little tiny box and just float off, and it doesn't seem pissed off at you. Oh, I love. Oh, it's so good to see it happening in real life. You know, when I read about that, I was so excited. And I, did, you know, I, I did a bit of study, and I was gonna do it, but then I, I didn't want to seem like a, you know, like someone who thinks they can have people serving on them. You know what I mean? But oh, it's so good, so cool. <laughs> He just hangs out and watches his unseen servant for a while, having warlock envy. You do sort of see like just things getting passed between Tiny and and Oswald, um, and like it seems as though Tiny is treating Oswald like a sous chef. 
and while while you're watching Tiny, occasionally there'll be like a candle will blow out, and he'll just sort of reach towards it, and he'll say light and click his fingers, and the candle will light itself up. Ah, uh, well, he hangs out like a fangirl and watches <laughs> Tiny's like incidental magic, and is like, yay! <laughs> so eventually he will go to bed, but he hangs out with Tiny for a little bit and, and watches his magics first. Tyler, I assume, goes to sleep in a hammock. Mm-hmm. There are there are hammocks. There are crew quarters underneath, underneath, and on the lower deck. And I presume Hendrix also goes to sleep in the hammock. Yes. Okay. Yes, he does. And uh, Skylar meditates on the end of the bow. On the end of the bow. Could you please roll me an acrobatics check, please? Yep. <laughs> you picked a really like, fiddly place to meditate for no reason. I rolled a nat 20. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn straight <laughs> you did. Just like, you're like, never question where I choose to sit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So in spite, in spite of the ocean spray and, and the largely unfamiliar sounds of the waves crashing against the boat, Skylar is able to enter that meditative state that all elves go into for about four hours every day. Can everyone please roll me a perception check? Tala and Hendrix at disadvantage. Oh, I basically do roll perception at disadvantage anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just keel over. They were both two really bad rolls. I got an 11. 24. 24! Fuck yeah, Skylar! Fucking rogue expertise, man. So good. What did Hendrix get? I actually, for the first time ever, rolled well and got a 16, and then I rolled again and got a 5. <laughs> oh, so it's a 5. <laughs> Skylar. Yeah. You are woken up with the familiar sensation of rain against your face. And it is different to the, the sea spray, for one, because it's coming from above, not below. Yeah, that will happen. And you then hear the sound of a very loud bell, very loud bell, and it seems to be coming from behind you up in the crow's nest, which you clock as unusual because there isn't a bell in the crow's nest. And then you hear a, a low, but very loud rumbling. Oh, shit. And your eyes, snap open out of your meditative state and you in your body know that it is morning time but the sky is black and you turn around and you you can see that the sound of the bell the loud sort of sonorous sound is coming from shimmer up in the crow's nest okay so he jumps up and like in jumping up also jumps back onto the boat Naturally. <laughs> <laughs> so he hops, skips the jump off the bow and runs towards um, where everyone's sleeping under under the deck. Okay, please roll me an athletics check. Oh, my athletics is not so good. That's a 13. 13. So you get up from your cross-legged position and you see the sky, you hear the thunder, and you run towards the hatch. Oh, no, and guys. as as your feet hit, hit the sort of the top deck, the boat, the boat suddenly banks as a huge wave strikes the side of it. And you then look back up to Shimmer, who, who has gotten out of the crow's nest and is quickly making their way down off the crow's nest, off the mast, onto the deck itself. Tala, Hendrix, you've both been knocked out of hammock. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
as as have Tiny and Norma. You do not see Pat. You can hear the waves crashing outside. Pushed Oh, right. Um, okay, Tala's going to run up onto deck, I guess. She assumes that's yeah. the place where she needs to be. Roll me an acrobatics. Uh, athletics check, sorry. Acrobatics, go! I'm not flipping. <laughs> Striding. Oh, I didn't stride well. It's a nine. A nine. So you, you've been thrown out of your hammock. You get up, you try to run forwards. As you as you run towards the steps, an errant barrel crashes into you, knocking you to the side. You take two bludgeoning damage. Oh. Hendrix. Hendrix, um, yeah, he's also going to uh, run above deck. Um, he is, his chest is, is clamping and clenching in fear. His skin has gone clammy and cold. He's so spooked that I'm spooked. Like oh. I can feel, I can feel how much he's clenching up inside. I'm going to need you to roll an athletics or acrobatics check if you would prefer. Cause you've just seen Tala get sideswiped by a barrel. Yes, I think I'll do acrobatics please is a 21 21 yeah so you you see tala get sideswiped and you think you think to yourself that ain't gonna happen to me i'm not dying at sea not dying at sea <laughs> and as a as another barrel sort of careens towards you you just it, you don't even need to flip over it you just step backwards and then dart forward sort of almost between boxes and barrels and things you easily nice. make your way to the steps followed by norma uh tala you see tiny uh, sort of help you up Aww. And he and he sort of almost escorts you to the steps. You are not injured in any significant way other than the bludgeoning damage that you have taken. Yeah, I think it was that like her instincts to get up kicked in, but she forgot that she was on a moving thing and not like in a building where she lived. Yeah, yeah so she naturally. Completely mm. disorientated. She probably doesn't have her sea yeah. legs. Yeah, I think Hendrix is currently all like sea legs and just like, you know, with pure survival adrenaline where you're like, I'm going to move like Spider-Man somehow because I have to live. <laughs> you know? Abs absolutely. <laughs> Skylar, you see, you see your companions burst out from underneath the hatch. Um, Tala looks as though she's taken an abrasion, but she's not hurt in any major way. Everyone charges okay. out. I would like Tala and Skylar to make me a constitution saving throw. Fuck yeah, that is a twenty-four. Nice. Twelve. Twelve. Okay, you both you both pass as the boat is sort of rocking from side to side, this thing that you're both really not used to at all. Uh, being being <laughs> at sea, in the waves, being thrown about. Um, Skylar, you almost feel like you're gonna throw up last night's supper, oh. but you just sort of swallow it down and, and think of Yarl, I expect. Yeah. You guys look around and you guys look around and you see Pad at the helm and yeah, everyone is sort of standing around, not quite knowing what to do. Tala is going to yell to Pad, what do I do? Like, what can I do to help? Good. I would now like everyone to roll me initiative. Oh, fuck. Come back with the C. Nat 20. A natural 20 for Skylar, was that? Yep. Nice. So that's 22 total. Initiative is plus four for me. 24. Lovely. And what's Hendrix's, please? Nat's 20. Oh. I got 23. This is 23. Wowie, wowie. He's suddenly like, it's a storm. I'm rolling well now. <laughs> I was quite happy with my uh, 17, but it looks like. <laughs> okay. So the way this is going to work is that the, the boat slash the weather will take an action. And then cool. turn order will dig, 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 dig through. 
and then it'll be top of top of the round again. This is so exciting. Yep. The the weather is going to take its action now. Um, you guys hear a, a crash of thunder, and you all see a, a lightning strike, a huge wave that's just coming in from the starboard side, uh, but it doesn't seem to be near the boat at the moment. It is now the turn of Skylar. So, I would like to look around. Um, he's obviously never been on a boat before in his life. Naturally. Um, so, he doesn't know what to do. There's no creature to fight, is there? It is literally just the weather. There doesn't appear to be anything to fight, no. Yeah, he's going to have to ask what to do. Okay. So what I will say is that you can you can delay your turn on on this round until an order is issued, and then you can carry out that order to the best of your abilities. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Cool. In which case, it is now Hendrix's turn. <laughs> right. So did you see that the crew look a bit uncertain of what to do? The crew will turned to Pat, awaiting orders. Okay. With the exception um, of Shimmer, who is currently scaling down the rigging. Can I do anything, like, because obviously I don't have any spells for this, but can I do something like a persuasion check to try and just, like, tell people what to do or to, like, boost them doing it or something? You can you can certainly just issue an order, and, and the way I'll justify that is if you do either a nature or a survival check, I'm thinking survival check before that, That'll, that'll sort of count towards the efficiency of that. Okay, that is uh, 15. 15. Hendrix, you are recalled that at sea, if there are big waves, you want to be trying to keep the crew as close to the deck as possible. If they, are, okay. if they aren't able to do anything on top, then they need to be below deck. However, the mainsail is certainly out. There is a lot of rigging that is sort of flying loose, and there is still someone standing at the helm of the ship. You also know that most storms have an eye, and the eye of the storm is often very, very peaceful and quiet. Okay, so yeah, so he sees this wave coming and he's like, like, right, get that mainsail under control, anyone who's not needed, hit the deck! And he kind of um, is going to go to a pad and be like, we need to get to the eye of the storm. So I think Skylar would probably interpret that as an instruction? Yep. Absolutely. So can you, so you can either roll me a, a sleight of hand for the knot work required to assist with the furling of the sail, or you can roll acrobatics for getting up there quickly and being able to help out whoever is up there. I would like to roll acrobatics, please. Absolutely, roll me an acrobatics check. So, that is a 19. 19, nice. And nice. of course, because it is wet and slippery and, and blowy blowy, it is a difficult check, but you, you pull it off with plomb. So you very quickly climb up the up the rigging as though it's a as though it's a tree branch, and sort of <laughs> funny um, as as Shimmer is coming down, Shimmer then goes back up to try and try and furl the sail, and you are able to to help them with that. Um, it's now it's now the turn of Pad. Pad will turn to Hendrix and nod. Uh, Pad is now going to make a steering the vehicle check. He seems to get the boat underway and directing it in a way that suggests the wind is behind you, but obviously the wind is sort of whipping around as it as it is prone to do in storms. He sees a huge wave coming coming again to the starboard side and he manages to position the boat in such a way that the prow almost cuts through the wave as it goes past. Uh, it is Norma's turn. Norma goes straight under deck. No one can see what she is doing. It is Tyler's turn. Okay, so in the whole fix the sail talk is there like anything basically that i can hold on to or fix or use my strength to help there there, there are a few 
ropes, a few guide ropes that are sort of billowing about, and you can try and catch one of those to hold hold the sail in place so it doesn't flap about and hit your colleagues. Okay, I will do that then. Very well. Can you please roll me a dexterity saving throw? Um, does my danger sense help me here? Yes. Great. So I have advantage on this roll then. Good. Nice. Okay, so that is a 15. 15, yeah. You, you very quickly grab a very important looking rope. It's quite a thick bit of rope that seems to be connected actually to the to the very rigging that Shimmer and Skylar are climbing up. And you're able to get it taught, helping their journey up the rigging to the top of the mast so they're able to help furl this sail up. Uh, it is now Shimmer's turn. Grateful for the assistance you have just given them, they will get to the top of the mast and start pulling up the mainsail with the assistance of Skylar. Tiny's turn, Tiny's going to jump up and try to grab some more ropes that are flying about. Unfortunately, uh, Tiny goes to try and grasp a, a particularly unwieldy looking rope. It's sort of flailing about like an absolute mad thing. And in doing so, he actually gets whipped across the face with it and he will take a little bit of damage for oh, that. Oh no! It is now the Storm's turn. Let's see what the Storm does. Rut row. Hendrix, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. If you throw me, if you. Oh. Ah, it's you again. Come on in, dry yourself off. You look absolutely soaked through. Goodness me. You poor, poor thing. This place? It's the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, speak to you, the listener, about all sorts of stuff. Don't worry. There's no chance of lightning strikes here, nor are there any storm giants or giant squid. Relax. Get warm and help yourself to a wonderful glass of Beaujolais. First, I'd like to tell you about the Super 8-Bit Power Hour. It's a podcast about video games, movies and comics, and all things pop culture from the heart of Norwich in the UK, where we are all from as well. There are over 150 podcasts, each one as involving and interesting as the last. So if you are interested in video games, comics and pop culture, please do give them a listen. You can find them on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, as well as Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search the Super 8-Bit Power hour. Speaking of social media, I'd like to bring to your attention our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram pages. You can find all of us in those good, good places at Dice and a Slice. That's D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E. We've recently passed 250 likes on Facebook, and we're thrilled about it, and we can't thank any of you enough for your support. We'd really like to engage more with our listeners, so if you have any ideas for items you'd like to see in the show, or if you'd like to have a character named after you, please send us a message on any of those platforms, and uh, we'll see if we can mention your item or yourself in the show. And hey, if we get five reviews on Apple Podcasts, we'll publish our world map on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for the fine Isles of Nortiska. Unfortunately, it's just a short middle bit today, um, so that is all from me, other than to say thank you again to you for your continued support, and to Alicia for her top-notch editing. And now, back to the action. Hendrix, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. If you throw me, if you... Hey man, if Axel is such a good god, he'll save you, you know? True. When I'm at level six, he will. <laughs> I mean, this is if you make it to level six. This could be the end for Hendrix. Who knows, man? I'm not dying at sea. <laughs> not dying at sea.
Oh, I'm not dying at sea! Three, that is a 22! Come get me, bitch! God damn. I'm not dying at sea! Hendrix, as as you are standing up at the top with Pad, you, you feel the hairs in the back of your neck start to prickle, and you almost roll with with an unearthly dexterity and, and an agility that shouldn't be there with a man of your age. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly with the man of the life you've lived, and you you sidestep out the way and you bring Pad down with you very quickly as a lightning bolt strikes the <laughs> strikes the helm. Fuck! Oh I just touched a lightning bolt. Fuck! Yeah. That was, a, that was an amazing save. Well done. <gasps> but the but you look up and you and you see that the helm the helm is shattered. <laughs> there there doesn't appear to be any fire at the moment. Hendrix can't figure out if his part is racing really fast or going really slowly. You know he's in that kind of place. <laughs> what, um, it's not your turn, but roll me a religion check. Um, it's a fifteen. You feel a tightness around your chest. And you can't okay. decide if that's a bad thing or if it's like there's some sort of something holding on to you. That's awesome, because he's been feeling a tightness in his chest this whole scene. <laughs> Skylar, it's your turn. Okay. A lightning strike has just happened very relatively nearby you. He is going to continue to get the sail up because, uh, you know, roll it up because he knows that as soon as you deviate from the plan that everyone else assumes that you're working to, mm. that's when shit starts going wrong. Yeah. So it's like, do what you've said you're gonna do, and everyone is working around that. Definitely, roll me an athletics check, please. Are you sure it shouldn't be an acrobatic? Definitely athletics check, because this <laughs> is about you hefting up the ropes more than it is about you being a nimble, dodgy boy. Ten. Ten, that's fine, because you are not doing anything like overly difficult. You are adjusted to swamp life. You're used to ropes and things being wet. Plus, I've also got shimmer. And and you have got shimmer helping you out as well. So you, you are able to sort of heft up the heft up the sail. It's hard going, and you feel your arms absolutely straining. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to get this, the the sail all the way up with with the assistance of shimmer. Hendrix, it's your turn. You've just narrowly avoided death. Uh, so he's going to, um, he mutters a um, prayer of thanks to Axel as he runs to do whatever he's doing. So the, the helm is blown up, basically. There's no wheel, which means we have no way of controlling ourselves and steadying ourselves against the wind. Absolutely. You are aware that actually the way that this boat in particular works, and it's quite a historic one, is that the, the wheel is connect, connected to like an axle, um, and then there's a bit of rope that goes down that would then control the rudder. Okay. The actual entire wooden part of that, specifically the axle and the wheel, are broken. You cannot see the rope anywhere. You assume it's gone down. Yeah, so he's gonna yell to Pad like, someone's gotta get that fixed, I'm gonna go. So he's gonna leave people to deal with the boat stuff and he's gonna go below below deck to go find the rope, is that right? You can, yeah, you can certainly try and do that, absolutely. Or, or would it make sense, because I'm just trying to visualize it, would it make sense to get a piece of shrapnel and try and like, pull it up and turn, fashion some kind of... If only you had a way to make tentacles. <gasps> I don't know if they can do that kind of thing! I would allow it. <laughs> okay, so... how in, in terms of feet, how deep is this ship? From, from from where you are, to reach the very bottom of the ship, where, where the rudder would be, is about 40 feet. So he's going to... Um, yeah, he's going to use Grasp of the Deep in a slightly creative way. Thank you, um, 
DM. Absolutely. Creative problem solving. So he summons his tentacle. So what I will say is all of the things that you'll be doing with the tentacle, I will classify as an attack roll. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to roll to do my tentacle. Oh, that's not good. That's a 10. That's not good. So you summon the tentacle on deck. And then you yep. you move it down to try and find it. You can't you have you can't make eye contact with where it is you want to send it necessarily because you don't have dark vision and it is it is super dark below deck. But the the, the tentacle definitely goes down and it's it's quite cool the way it does it. it. Sort of sort of goes from being being that sort of tentacle just sort of coming out of the wood and it's a bit weird. But and then mm. the tentacle sort of melts down into the wood and you know in the back of your mind using your scion of the deep ability you know where it is below deck. Cool. doesn't quite find rope, but that doesn't mean there's not rope near it. Okay. It is now the turn of Pad, who's going to look slightly horrified at the tentacle that's just popped up in front of him. That's so <laughs> cool. Um, he's going to look down where where the break is, and he, he just looks proper bewildered. He, he puts a hand to himself, and you just see like this, like, like his entire body sort of shines, uh, and he dives through the gap where this steering mechanism was, as though he's trying to go and find find the rope. It is now Norma's turn. Norma is below deck, and you guys do hear a scream from underneath as this tentacle pops up. <laughs> you, you then see like a burst of light under the deck. It is now Tyler's turn. She better not be attacking my tentacle, I swear. I mean, bless her. She doesn't know, but it's not a demon. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it, is a, it is a demon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tala is going to mutter a quick prayer to Liska. Naturally. Basically just appreciating their power and asking them to help guide the ship. Tala as an individual is kind of relishing in the waves and the excitement of the Mm. storm, but she's very aware that she's with a group of people who probably wouldn't be able to survive just in the ocean. Mm. So it's more for their sake, because her individually is kind of loving this, but she appreciates that this isn't ideal for the people that she's with. Sure. Can you please roll roll me an athletics check? That is a 19. Yeah, so you, nice. you don't nice. you don't lose grip of the rope, and in fact, you're able to pull it torter. And as you sort of utter this prayer to Luska, you 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 almost feel like the tattoos across your skin are are guiding your arms and helping you to do things that you learned when you were like a kid. And you bring bring the rope down, you tighten, bring it all the way down, and you you spot quite a heartily sized cleat, and you you bring the rope down, you tie it, and you give an expert knot that you didn't know that you could do, mm-hmm. but the, the rope that you, you pulled down uh, is, is secured. You can do something else with your turn. Oh, nice. thanks. I want to go and grab the rope that hit Tiny in the face. Absolutely. Roll me a... Bless him. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. So that is only a 12. You are able to stop Tiny from falling over. You literally just grab like the back of his back of his apron before he, before he fully falls over. Um, and with your, with your offhand, you try and grab the rope, but it just sort of escapes out of your reach. Doesn't seem to be impeding what's happening up on the sail, however. It is now the turn of Shimmer, who is going to try to tie up the mast. And Skylar, you see this. Shimmer sort of hefts the rope up, and then they they start to tie, tie a knot. And it's almost as though they get, get distracted by something, like there's a particularly strong gust of wind or something that ruffles their feathers the wrong way. And the rope in their hand just completely slides out. Skylar, make a strength saving throw. This battle is giving me anxiety and it's making me want more cake. <laughs> I know how sad that I ate all my flapjack. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here like, I need more fucking cake. That's a two. Ooh. Skylar, I've a two. 
Oh, oh shit! As, as the rope slips out of Shimmer's hands and the, the mast, the full weight of the sail starts to become apparent in your arms and your arms were aching after pulling it up as well. And this, and it's, it doesn't even slip out of your hands. Your hands are still grasping onto this with all of your might. Um, no. But the rope slides out and you feel the insides of your palms burning like anything. Oh. Skylar, you take now. Skylar, you take 12 damage. Oh, oh. Fuck. Wow. oh no, I really need cake. Fuck. I've got oh. The force of the rope coming down, the force of the of the rope burning the insides of your hands, and the fact that you you cacked up that saving throw so immensely. However, you see at the corner of your eye, you see Shimmer go overboard. <gasps> it is now Shimmer's. Uh, that, that was just Shimmer's turn. You guys wouldn't have known that Shimmer had gone overboard because there is so much crashing of waves. Yeah, yeah and sh and she's black as well, so in the dark. Yeah, yeah. It's now Tiny's turn. What Tiny is going to do? Try and grab at the ropes that are fluttering about. He's just seen the he's just seen the main sail come down. That's what he's going to do. Oh my God! Someone needs to tell me about Shimmer. Tiny, thanks, Tyler, and it's it's just a nod. It's a it's a tiny thing. Ha. Um, okay, she'll nod back. And then he he sees sees this rope coming down from the sail having come down. He he runs towards it, tries to like use the the banister at the side as like an extra boost so he can jump off it and try to reach it on his on his right foot he jumps up his left foot makes connection with the banister which then just buckles underneath his weight he just manages to hold on to like the side of the boat and he's just there dangling underneath it is now the turn of the storm i don't think the storm deserves a turn thank you very much the sea wants everyone to die uh, well, C was helping me, so you guys have obviously got the wrong god. My god doesn't come to the sea. My god's holding me in his tentacle arm. He's hugging him. Or is he holding him in place so that the lightning can zap him? Well, I dodged the lightning, so... Uh... <laughs> you did, that was insane. <laughs> I'm so glad he'd have died so bad! I'm so... A second flash of lightning strikes where the helm would have been. Twice? They say lightning never strikes twice in the same place, but this one definitely does. Battle play. This is a furious storm. And also that's like, what, six seconds between strikes or something? Like, that's not long. Absolutely. Tyler, it's not like we've pissed off any, like, powerful Axel worshippers who might have sent a storm after us or anything. <laughs> the ship is rocking and a rolling, and I need all three of you to please make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, thank fuck for that. I got a 21. Nice. Uh, I got a 25. Tyler knows the movement of the waves. She's done all that dancing. Skylar's got balance. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was a 5, but it was a 15, so it's a 17. I'm okay, I got scared. <laughs> yeah, as, as the boat is, is it's no longer just like getting smacked by the ocean, you feel like the, the tides underneath are somehow revolting against the boat itself. And you, like, this boat is now being thrown about by the ocean. There is no control over the steering. The sail is flapping about. This boat is making horrendous movements. Skylar, your turn. What would the role be for me to grab a rope and 
tie it around myself and dive into the water after him. Okay, that'll be two rolls. The first one will be a survival check okay. to get your not to get your knotsmanship. Okay. Um, and then the second roll will be an acrobatics check to dive in. Fucking and a. that would then okay. be your turn. So roll me okay. a survival check first. That's a twenty-two. Fuck me. You believe yourself to be secured to the rope. Roll me an acrobatics check. Okay, so that is now a twenty-four. Brilliant. Yeah, so you 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 tie the rope off in a way that you believe to be secure. And then you literally, you run, like Assassin's Creed style, you run along the mast, along the beam, and you just perfect swan dive at first, and then you just He's almost... John Smith almost, at the beginning of Pocahontas, in he goes. Yeah, ab- <laughs> abs- absolutely, re- really those sorts of vibes. You plunge in, and that is your turn, Hendrix. In my action, I'm going to cast Fiendish Vigor, because even though I haven't taken any damage, I have been really near two lightning strikes, and he's just feeling a bit anxious, so I'd like a bit more hit points. So I'm going to cast Fiendish Vigor. That is 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points. Now, remind me, do I have to pay for these later like it's a mortgage holiday? Or is it... <laughs> no, no. So your your Eldritch Invocations, you cast that as, as often as your actions will allow. Gorgeous. Okay, so uh, one... That's a three! So I gained seven extra hit points for, the, for an hour. Nice. So he's going to do that as he wigglies his um, tentacle around. Because <laughs> I, be- I believe your tentacle is a is a bonus action anyway. Yeah, so, so I'm going to send it further down to try and find this rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I move it down to 20 feet down, and then I have like that 10 feet up and 10 feet down to search, so I've got, I can yeah. fill up, love, search three thirds, three quarters of the thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to do that. Do it. Roll it up. Um, I rolled a one. Um, you don't feel your tentacle finding any rope. Oh no! Oh no! What if it's grabbed Norma? Could you please roll me 1d8? Just slap Norma. Oh no, you bitch slapped someone. That's a five. As you hear uh, a scream and a slap and you can almost feel again in your dominant hand um, the tentacle sort of as it's flailing around trying to find this rope it Smacks Norma. You're not quite sure where, though. Ah, but he's just like he, he's like at his hand, like no, bad <laughs> tentacle. <laughs> uh, it is now. Sorry. It is now Pad's turn. Pad is conflicted because there's this tentacle out of nowhere that's beating his friends up. However, he knows who sent it. He heard him go. Sorry. Um, but what you do here, Hendrix, from from the top of the deck, you you just hear Pad go. Aha! I found you. Fuck yeah, Pat. And you can almost you almost feel the ship sort of straighten up. Hey, nice. <laughs> it is now Norma's turn. Oh. For those of you that would have been watching, there's, there's there isn't anyone who can see her do this, uh, but she she just mends some of the holes that are appearing in the in the hull of the ship. Oh, she's a good egg. Tala. Okay, I'm gonna go help Tiny. He's hanging off the edge of the boat, right? He is absolutely. Yeah, I would like to pull him back onto the boat, please. Athletics check, please. Athletics. 17. Both both your arms go down, and you just pull him up easily, grabbing onto both of his arms, and you're able to quite easily get him up onto the side of the boat. Um, you do see, out of your periphery, Skylar, like, swan dive down into the swirling depths, but you don't have time to You can sort of see do that anything. I've got a rope. Yeah, he does have a rope, yeah. Do I have my movement left, though? I know this isn't technically, like, a normal... You, yeah, yeah, you have your movement, absolutely. And a bonus action, if you want to. 
if you wanted to rage, for example. I mean, rage won't really help me, will it? Gives you advantage on strength checks. Gives you advantage on strength saving throws. Oh, it does. So athletics counts as a strength check, right? Yeah. And it gives me resistance to damage. Ah, oh, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to rage. Only physical damages, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if I get hit by something, sure. like bludgeoning, like that bloody barrel. I mean, obviously that was technically last turn, but I imagine when she feels the strength in her arms and her tattoos moving, she has that kind of like tidal wave rage kicking in. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and your tattoos sort of start to glow over so slightly and you feel that um, almost a primordial energy move through you yeah she's moving like with the ocean there's loads of i assume there's just loads of ropes just on the floor yeah i mean there's it's it's like a it's like a plate of nasty spaghetti on that deck yeah. at the moment so she is just gonna say to tiny grab a rope and just tie the sail to the mast he nods at you and then i'm gonna use my movement to run and see why skylar has do- dived dove into the water i just want to get myself across the other side sure yeah you you, you run over to where the, where the uh, banister of sorts would be adjacent to where Skylar dove in, and you can you can see a rope going into the water, and you don't really have an action left on this turn. No, that's fine. I just wanted to get myself there, but that's fine. Thank you, Skylar. You are under the water, and you do see um, you do see Shimmer almost falling down in that. You know, in James Bond intros, whenever someone falls into the water, there's always like arms and legs in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like Shimmer is almost doing that, um, but they do see you dive in, um, and and then you see some sort of some sort of rope or something gets propelled from their hand towards you. Oh, fun! Now you have to promise to not get offended when I ask this. Oh! Uh, What's your armor class? Fifteen. Oh wow! This thorn whip flies out of Shimmer towards you, and you feel it, feel it wrap around around your around your arms as they are in front of you. You feel that, and Shimmer pulls themselves towards you. You do not receive any damage because this is a this is this is this is a, this is a thornless thorn whip, but you see Shimmer pulling themselves towards you. It's Tiny's turn. Tiny is going to follow. Tala's advice. He's going to point at you, Tala, as you're looking over, and he and he says, "Hey, you know what you got to do." And what? <laughs> from that sort of vague, from that vague bit of support, Tala, <laughs> you can spend one d six on any d twenty roll you make in the next ten minutes. Oh my god! You have, you have received one point of bardic inspiration. Oh, tiny! I knew I loved him. Oh, he's such a good egg. Done that as his bonus action. I, I love Tiny. Tiny's a concept I've been playing around with for ages. Although Tyler is a bit like, what am I meant to do? <laughs> he, I, th- I think the, the vibe you get is that he trusts your instincts. Okay, great. It's not a, hey, here's an unspoken instruction that I'm expecting you to pick up on. No. <laughs> good. And then, bam, he grabs two ropes with his natural 20 plus five. Fuck yeah, Tiny! Grabs, grabs two ropes, sort of runs around the mast, is, is looking up, and he sort of just binds this sail to it. Fuck yeah. He's gonna make a survival check to see if he can do the ropes. Do it, Tiny. Which he bloody well does. Oh, yes, Tiny! <laughs> Ties it up and, and tiny the mast anymore. now appears to be 
relatively secured. It's not put away, but it is Who gives a shit? secured, as is the sale. There's nothing quite like a horrible storm tragedy to get your opinion of a crew to go from <laughs> these motherfuckers to go on, tiny! <laughs> so that everyone knows where everyone is. Norma and Pad are currently in in the lower deck, in, in the hull. Skylar yeah. is in the water. Shimmer is in the water. Hendrix is at the top, near the helm. Mm-hmm. And Tala is by the side of the ship on the starboard bow, trying to see where that rope be. Just so we all know. As it is the top of the order, and the storm goes. <gasps> oh no, I forgot the storm had a turn. As you you hear you hear far away, like quite quite a way away, you hear you hear the rumble of thunder and the lightning strikes the sea. Quite a way away, nowhere near the ship. Pad does seem to have gotten the ship relatively under control. Skylar, you're in the water. There is a Kenku pulling themselves towards you. Your arms are currently bound, though. Yeah, fuck me. So I guess I'm going to try and swim to the surface. Sure, roll me an athletics check. Just do a little wriggle swim. It makes me sad that this is a podcast because no one at home gets to see all of us do an impression of dolphin swimming from our seats. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so an athletics check, yeah? Yes, please. Okay, the 15. Ooh. 15, you're able to get your way towards the surface and you start to pull Shimmer up and you and you do see them. I'm dolphin swimming. Yeah, exactly. You are dolphin swimming. Um, like You're used to swimming. You have done a lot of swimming. Yeah. Although probably more bog diving than actual swimming swimming. He can swim. He's just not used to big open water. He's used to more like, yeah, marshes and swamps and can, rivers. Can Skylar see Tala leaving, leaning over the top? I don't know. Skylar, roll me a perception check. 20. Yeah, you see you, t- you see Tala with her tattoos all aglowing over the side. Oh, 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 I'm going to use Druidcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Druidcraft, <laughs> create a tiny sensory hummus object that predicts the weather at your location for the next 24 hours. Would have been useful. A tiny sensory harmless effect, uh, which doesn't seem to be beneficial here and there is nothing for you to snuff out or light but what i will say is as you pull shimmer to the surface uh their the runes on their beak do start to glow and time yeah, fine show off shimmer <laughs> <laughs> i'm here with my druid craft trying to be useful the seaweed below you seems to grow a little bit right <laughs> <laughs> it is now the turn of pad they are going to make a check at disadvantage to try and get the ship under under control. As you sort of surface and, and shimmer surfaces as well, Tyler, you're looking over, you see this happen. The ship then veers wildly to port side, banking horrendously, and you and those of you listening carefully would, would hear Pad swear quite loudly into Baxon. It is now the turn of Norma. Norma, you see, burst through the hatch onto the deck, and she very loudly yells out, Is there anyone here? cannot swim. So I guess we all stay silent. That's fine. You all stay silent. Tani then responds, sticks his hands straight up. And and she she runs over to him and ties what appears to be some sort of cape around his neck and she's wearing a similar sort of thing. Tala, it's your turn. Okay. Tala is going to kind of, it's not like a prayer. She's kind of now just talking to Luska aloud in Primordial, basically hoping that wherever the water struck, any creatures or animals over there are okay basically just because she heard the lightning go hit in straight into the water. 
And I'm going to pull the rope up that is attached to Skylar, please. Thank you. Make me an athletics check, please. It'll be slightly more difficult because the rope is like out there. You will have to make a hell of a reach. That is okay because I get advantage because I'm a rage. You do. And I also have a D6 if I want to use it, depending on how bad this goes. Oh, I don't think I need to. That is a 25. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you sort of, you, you very quickly make sure, you check in with Luska to make sure that whatever was over there that got hit by lightning, not an animal, not something important. Your arm then darts out and it's almost instinctual for you. You grab this rope and you just start to pull it up like you're a, like you're a beginning the Les Mis show. Ah, yes. ropes. I had to do the anchor yes. when we left. This is basically the same, yeah, right? Exactly. It's it's the same basic principle. How this dare principle. you call me the weight of an anchor? No offense. Tom's <laughs> never been on a boat. She's like, this is a similar this is a similar action. I will just pull. And you're you're angry at the weather, you're angry at, at fate, probably. Who me? I expect so. Oh no, she's not so keen on the lightning, but she is living for the waves and the like motion of the sea. Ah, uh, okay. You have to be angry to justify your rage, surely. Yeah, but her rage isn't anger. It's more like fuel of the sea. It's only rage in name. It's more of like an adrenaline uh, surge. It's yeah. Like... So she's not angry. You're feeling the storm. It's like <laughs> every time these waves hit, she gets like this massive pulse of power and she's like, fuck yeah, the sea. Nice, that's cool. And, with, and as each wave crashes against the bloke, you're able to pull the rope up much more than you probably normally would be able to. And even with the fact that the rope was so far away, and the fact that there is a Skylar and a Shimmer on this rope, so Shimmer is holding on to Skylar with both arms and both legs wrapped around him like a tree trunk, <laughs> <laughs> while Skylar's arms are still tied together. But fortunately, the quality of Skylar's knotsmanship means that the rope harness that he very quickly made holds itself together. Fuck yeah. Yay! It is now Shimmer's awesome. turn. Shimmer will spend most of their turn being dragged onto the deck. They will then, they just like tap the side of their beak and they, I mean, they jump. And it's, it's a hell of a jump. And they get like, over halfway up the mast with this one leap. Sure. And they are able to use the, the ropes that Tiny has already put to sort of try and pull the sail back in with the mast, sort of stopping the wind from taking the boat in any more directions that it needs to go. That's their turn. It is now Tiny's turn. Tiny uh, makes sure that the cloak that he's been given is done up properly. That's the first thing he does. Uh, he then picks up Norma and, and takes her under below deck. I feel like since the storm last had a turn, I haven't done something. When it struck the sea, I've not done anything in that round. I missed someone. Have I missed Hendrix? Yeah, I didn't do anything when the storm struck oh, the sea. Oh, so's Hendrix. That's all right. We'll let Hendrix take Hendrix's turn. Um, I think he is going to go below deck, to be fair. Okay. He's such a backseat driver. Um, <laughs> are you going to are you, are you go down the hole nicely created by the lightning strikes, or are you going to go to the other end of the boat down the hatch? and then back towards where the head is. Well, if you put it like that, I guess I'll go down the hole if I can, <laughs> okay. but I... Um, are you diving or are you scaling? I'm rolling acrobatics rather than athletics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're diving. Yeah, he'll kind of, he'll, he's sort of, you know, feet first, kind of like drop down the hole. He's dropping. Okay. Not brilliant. That is 11. 
11. I fall down the hole. You you certainly jump through the hole. You're not you don't get cut by any of like the air and bits of wood pointing out. There are no massive splinters sticking out of your side. You don't quite manage to stick the landing, and you do find yourself amongst the hammocks. But the <laughs> like that, the hull cool. of this boat, there's a massive hole in the hull of this boat, and you can see Pad just holding on to two bits of rope on the other side of this hole. Like right. every fibre of his being is straining. Your tentacle is waving in the air, sort of above you. Okay, so there's an actual hole in the hull of the ship. There is a hole in the hull of the ship. There is water coming in. Oh, we're going down. You know, here's a moment of like hyper internally hyperventilating, but it's like I don't have time to panic. Um, Roll but... me a constitution save. Ooh. Nat twenty. Nice. <laughs> I'm not dying at sea. <laughs> the only thing Hendrix fears. He is able to overcome. <laughs> I don't exactly have a ship patching kit in my bag. You do see there is a, like a lot of the cargo down there is currently unsecured and is still rolling about and, nice. and veering about sort of violently. You, you also see uh, Tiny and Norma get down onto the stairway, the opposite side of the boat to you. Okay, cool. Well, Norma is a craftsman, so she can kind of patch this. Right. Um, so I guess he's going to shout to her, like, what can I do to help? Uh, she will yell something across to you on her turn. Okay. So I guess I'll hold my action for, like, when she gives me an instruction. Sure. It is now the storm's turn. <laughs> uh, you guys don't hear any lightning. No. We never hear lightning. Everyone, please roll me a dexterity saving throw. Hendrix, do yours at advantage? Dirty 20. Dirty 20? Dirty 20. I, I rolled a one. It's a one from Skylar. I got a 15, but only because of my advantage. My other roll was a one, so. There is an enormous wave. Tala and Skylar, you see it coming from quite a way away. It is huge. It is easily twice as high as the boat. Oh, Tala's so into it, but I understand this is bad. <laughs> Bearing in mind, Skylar, that your arms are still bound and you are still attached to the boat by rope, when this huge wave strikes the vessel, you go overboard oh, port side. You're currently stood, stood starboard. Oh. Tala, you, are, you grab onto a banister. It's just your instinct. You grab onto something solid. Shimmer is successful, and she stays oh. in the last. Your arms are not bound, actually. Skylar, I do apologise because Shimmer. Oh, good. Shimmer uh, loosed. Oh, that. You've got arms, just your tums. So Tala, you you look up and you see Shimmer still grasping onto the mast, but Skylar is not there. Skylar, you are tumbling through the water. You do not know which way is up. You you don't even know which end you are. You don't know where your head is. Oh, is the rope not... that Skylar was attached to still attached to the boat? Yes. I assume I can't see Skylar, but I can see that his rope has gone. Yes. Okay. Skylar, make me a constitution saving throw oh. to see if you can hold your breath. Oh, oh thank fuck, I got a 20. You are able to steal your resolve. You have been in swamp diving competitions where you've accidentally gone in tunnels, you've had a bit of a panic, but you know when your head is underwater, you do not open that mouth. He also he also knows that if you are drowning, you need to stop resisting and float to the top. 
Absolutely. So he kind of like instead of flailing, he kind of just like holds his breath and tries to lay on his back. Absolutely. Mm. I will let your constitution check apply to that as well. Normally I'd have made you roll twice, but you just rolled so damn well. Nice. And you you are able to float to the surface, but what that means in reality is that you've gone from the churning under depths to being tossed around. Yeah. Like a like a a pee on a hot pan. As long as he can breathe, it's okay. You are able to get a lung full of air before you're sort of plunged underneath by another wave. You're aware that you're still held onto by rope. That is the end of your turn. Hendrix. Okay, so ooh, awkwardly, because Hendrix is currently holding his last turn until uh, Norma, because he's now all out of order with the round. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can carry that across if you like. Because now I have another turn, but again, he's waiting to be told by Norma what to do. So can I wait for Norma to tell me what to do and then I have two turns? I will allow that because... Thank you. Because I messed up. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Pad's turn. Pad's going to try and hold onto these ropes. And, and Pad braces himself. He's now sort of, it's, the water is going up, it's up to his knees at this point. Like, it's getting deep. But he braces himself and again, he stabilizes the ship even against the, the, the huge wave that just struck the side of it. He grits his teeth and he, and he utters an oath that you can't hear. It's just too loud. He, he's uttering it under his breath through gritted teeth. He refuses Aww. to be the storm's bitch. Fuck yeah, Pad. It is now the turn of Norma. She's going to point at you, Hendrik, and she's going to say, I hope you can swim, or you can try and fill that hole, but there's not much we can fill it with. You're a builder, right? We can we can patch this together. Like We'll smash these crates into, into timber or something, and we'll patch it. That's a good idea. Um, Yeah, smash the crates. <laughs> he held his turn to wait for instructions from her, and she's just like, curl up and die, I guess. <laughs> he just wanted to defer to the artisan about she's, building. She's, <laughs> she's, she is not coping well with this That's scenario. fair, it's fair. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Like, he wouldn't be coping well if it wasn't for fear-based in that 20s. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he starts, um, he's going to start, like, breaking apart this cargo into stuff that we can try and speedily patch the boat with. Cool. Uh, roll me an attack roll. Roll me two. Uh, one for you and one for your tentacle. That's um, an 11 for me. Okay. And not so much with the strength. <laughs> and my tentacle... So that's, um, that's a 10, so we're not doing too well. You are able to certainly break off quite a few planks of, of one of the boxes with the assistance of your tentacle. Yeah, uh, cool. You, I mean, that, that box. Ooh! Oh, that crate, that's, that's not that going to hold stuff ever crate. again. I, I'm not weak, it's a sturdy crate. <laughs> you do deliver quite precise blows to it, so you're able to get quite large intact bits of wood. You feel cool. like if you it, had you attacked it with more strength, perhaps you might have just turned it into shards and fruit pulp. So I got my shrapnel, so I'm now going to like gather my pieces and run over to the hole and try to help Norma. Okay, what I will do an arcana check. Okey and what this check is for specifically is for your knowledge of how mending spells work, so you can assist her mending in as good a way as possible. That's cool. Okay, that's a twelve. So you are able to put some of these planks in place where they need to be. Cool. <laughs> but it's not really much help. The mending spell takes about a minute. Right. Yeah. But what you do, what you do see Norma do is use a spell. Uh, with a 12, you, I would say you would, you would recognise someone using Cure Wounds. Uh, but you see her use it in a way that you've not seen before. 
Okay. Um, and she actually she does she does take out her hammer, and she sort of holds two planks in place, and, and you hold an additional one in place. She brings her hammer down, and she just she yells, "Mend, damn you!" And there's just like this orange glow as these planks seem to merge with the wood itself. That's awesome. Tala. When that big old wavy boy um, was coming towards the boat, I imagine that Tala started chanting because at the, you know, regularly on every day, the Tritons would meet at the beach and they would chant and pray to Luska. Absolutely. Yeah. So imagine that she started chanting one of her chants for Luska kind of in awe and admiration because this is really, really cool. It's both equal parts awesome and terrible. Yeah, like it's kind of all natural for her and she's never really seen the sea this impressive because she's lived on land most of the time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. She, she's aware that the situation is dire for them, but she's probably just really shouting this like admiration chant of Luska and the power and all of that. But I'm going to pull Skylar's rope again. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, roll me, roll me an athletics check. I have advantage anyway, but I don't need it because that first roll is on that 20. Which takes me to a 26. So you've seen Skylar go. You run to the port side of the boat, which is actually worryingly low to yeah. the water. But you you leap as you run. You grab onto this rope. You slide down like a badass. Put both feet on the banister and start to pull Skylar up. With And you're getting real momentum with it as well. And she's chanting as she goes. And she's got this like euphoric glow in her like fishy gold eyes. Definitely, 100%. Yeah. Skylar, you can hear this. You see this this almost silver maiden with golden eyes chanting methodically. It makes you think of your old home ceremonies. I'm terrified, but also awe-inspired. <laughs> and that is Tala's turn. Skylar is basically almost all the way to the side of the boat. I'd really like to get back in the boat. <laughs> it is now the turn of Shimmer, who manages to... Uh, actually, they rip what's left of, of the sail off the very few ropes holding it on. It's doing more harm than good with it being up there. Yeah. They completely tear it down and run into the crow's nest. But if anyone was watching them, they would see them get out a little stone and sort of hold it to their eye and look straight up as their beak, their entire beak, not just the runes, their entire beak sort of starts to glow white. Ooh. It is now the turn of Tiny, who is under there, and Tiny's going to spend their turn trying, uh, his turn, sorry, securing the cargo down there. That he's not going to try and break boxes and stuff to help with the mending. He wants to stop people from getting down there from getting injured. Mm. And he's able to do so. Uh, all, all of the barrels, which were his primary concern, because they're the most mobile, he quickly stacks up three of them, in fact, and then grabs some rope and wraps it around them. It is now the storm's turn. Oh. Top of the round. Oh. Good. Well, good for you, anyway. Oh, my God. Less good. Tyler, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, no. This, guys, this might be where Tyler, Tyler dies. What did you roll? I got a 12. 12. Oh, I can add my d6. You can add your d6, absolutely. Oh, thank goodness for that. With the words of, of Tiny running through your head. I got a 2, so that's a 14. There is a, there is a huge gust of wind blows through the air. Wind. Don't like wind. The sea's enemy. Enemy of those that breathe water. Damn straight. But you are you are able to stand the gale that is blowing around you. Oh, you do not God. you do not lose your footing, you do not lose your grip. My hair is just whipping more dramatically. I'm into it. Skylar, it's your turn. You're being rescued by by a, a silvery maiden with arms like trees. I want to 
get on the ship. Absolutely. Roll me an athletics check at advantage. Because your friend is helping you. <laughs> I'm helping. Okay, so that went from a four to an 18. So yes. that is a 19. Yay. Easy. You are able to get onto that ship. Yeah, so he kind of like grabs onto Tala as he pulls up onto the onto the ship and he's like, oh my god, thank you. You're welcome. Everyone else is below deck. You should probably go too. All right. Okay. He trusts that that's the smart thing to do. So he unties himself and starts running. You dash off towards the hatch. I need you to roll me an acrobatics check, please. 16. 16. You are able to run across this. Again, you're used to swampland, marshland, moss Mm. on logs and stuff like that. Slippery surfaces, not a problem for you. Mm -mm. As you get to the hatch, open it get yourself below deck and you can see this water is now getting towards a foot and a half two foot deep Ooh. you see tiny down there moving boxes you see norma trying to fix this hole with with hendrix you see pad holding on these ropes that is the end of your turn skylar hendrix like if i wanted to literally mend this with my hammer rather than my non-existent mend skill what like spell what would it be what i'll say is um you can do an intelligence check or a wisdom check? I will do an intelligence check, please. Do I get anything for having a hammer? I'm allowing you to carry out the action. That's fair. Oh, yeah. That's a 19. So you, you get some bits of the hammock, actually. When you were sleeping in the hammock, you recognised it wasn't like made of a nice soft cotton. It was made of tarp or some sort of water-resistant material. Not so great for sleeping in, but useful. I was assuming it was fabric-y. I'm, I'm throwing you a bone. Thank you. And you, you bring this over to the hole and like, the water is coming up. You know that you can fix a hole with the right sort of fabric. You sort of start to push it down under the water and you sort of spend the rest of your turn getting this under the water, covering the hole, trying to stop more stuff from coming in. Nice. The problem is a lot of the rope that Pad, whose turn it is now, is like the rope is coming through this hole. Normally it would be like a sealed off, part of a sealed off mechanism. Right. But like it's part of that whole steering dealie. Pad, seeing what you're doing, is gonna let go of the rope and you see the rope like whip through that hole um, as Pad is gonna spend his turn trying to patch as well. My bonus action, I know Pad's now had his turn, but my bonus action, can my tentacle try and catch the rope before it leaves? Yes, I'll let you do that. Uh, roll me a charisma saving throw. Oh, okay. The reason I'm saying that is because stuff with your tentacle is to do with your charisma modifier. Okay, that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20, yeah. Um, your tentacle whips out past your face and you almost feel like this tentacle is part of you at this point. Yeah. And, it, and it curls around the rope just before like the very end of the loop goes under the water. Hey. It is Norma's turn. Norma's going to spend her turn trying to fix the boat. Yeah, and she and the hole is just getting smaller and smaller as she's, as she's trying to fix it. You have noticed the water level is not going up so much. Norma is standing on a box. Okay, oh, bless her. Tala. I would like to go below deck, please. Yeah, absolutely. Roll me an athletics check, please. That is a 15. You are able to make your way across the deck easily. You see Shimmer is still stood atop the mast. You look up and you assume that Shimmer knows what they're doing. (laughs) You disappear under the hatch and you see the water getting about a foot and a half high 
you have sort of used most of your turn to get there, but if there's anything you'd like to yell or... I might just, you know, sit there with a beer. <laughs> wait for this all to blow over. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'll just stay and wait. Uh, Shimmer is still atop the mast. That's all that you guys know. Tiny uh, secures more barrels, more boxes. That's all he does. Can all three of you please roll me a perception check? Oh, that is not good. That is a seven. Oh, and that's 20. 26. 10. Okay. Hendrix, Tyler, you are both like action stations in your various different ways. Tyler, your your blood is surging through your body and you just want to act. You want to do stuff. You want to help. Hendrix, you're trying to patch a hole on the boat because you are not dying at sea. <laughs> not dying at sea. <laughs> Skylar, you're aware of a of a hatch on the lower deck that leads out just underneath the bow of the ship. Standing on the stairs, you hear like a cracking sound. You turn around and you see that that hatch that is normally like sealed shut with a sliding bolt has has been crashed open by a wave and there is now water coming in from there as well. So let me just get this straight. The boat is shit, battered to all hell, it's got a giant hole, we don't have a steering wheel, and there's now another hole. Yes. Skylar is gonna yell to everyone, like, I think this boat's had it, <laughs> what about an exit plan? Understatement of the century from Skylar. <laughs> that is what Skylar is gonna say, he's gonna start looking to see if there is something that they can make as like, a. Uh, um, any way to have like a lifeboat? Uh, Skylar, please roll me a perception check. 18. A lot of these barrels and a lot of these boxes are floating. Yeah, that's what he thought. So he's just gonna go, yeah, like, guys, I think this is done for. I think instead of wasting our time with the holes, we should get these barrels all tied together and get out of here. Okay, roll me a persuasion check. At advantage, because you're, you're making sense so difficult because it does make sense but also what are we going to do on a raft yeah it's like if we can make if we can make this boat <laughs> it's survive so difficult, isn't it? it's a big nice safe thing to float on you know so that is a 19. what i will say is for hendrix and tala you, you can decide for your own characters whether this persuasion check is persuasive to you mm. however for pad norma and tiny they all sort of look at each other. Yeah, because as far as Skylar is seeing it, you've got a big hole at the front, you've got a hole in the floor, you've got <laughs> no steering wheel, you've got, like, stuff is just floating everywhere. He's like, there is enough stuff here that we could patch it all together, get any of the supplies that we can, get all the canvases, throw them into these crates and get gone. It makes sense, but it's also like, we're in the sea. Hendrix, it's now your turn. Hendrix looks at you and is like, if we make a raft, we can't steer it, it's got no supplies, we've got no protection. If we can patch this up, we can't steer it, but it's bigger than a raft, it's more sheltered than a raft, we've got food on it. But on a raft, you got wind, you got waves, you got no food, you're gonna die of sunstroke. You're exposed to sharks. You're safer on this, even if you can't steer it. He's he's still doing the mending um, on, on his go, okay. I think. We got another hole up the front here, then. All right, so you better mend it. I don't have anything. 
Hendrix, please roll me an in- another intelligence check, please. Okay. Um, 18. 18, yeah, you're you're still getting these bits of wood, getting these bits of tarp, and this hole is very nearly fixed. You feel like if Pad and Norma do well enough, like this hole will be pretty much sealed to all intents and purposes. Nice. Nice, so yeah, he, he, he says to um, he says to Skylar, like, this one's almost done, just the tentacle points at some of the debris to Skylar. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you know, he's just hammering and the tentacle's like, that way. <laughs> okay. It is now the turn of Pad. Pad is going to do his best to, to try and uh, fix shit. He's not a fixer, I'll tell you that much. Um, and in fact, actually what he does is he, he puts a hand on, on Norma's back and he says, uh, you've got this, you can do he's this. Um, and he's going to dash dash towards Skylar and he's going to spend his turn looking for that door. He does not find the door. Norma's turn. She's... <laughs> She's like in full on mechanic slash mad doctor mode. Yeah. The water rushing in from the front has caused the box that she's on to float up. Oh. Um, and she she looks at Hendrix, nods, and she dives in. And occasionally you just see like these orange glows come, come on. from where she's where she's saving everyone's life. Tyler. I want to look for the door, please. Roll me a perception check at advantage because you are not inhibited by the effects of being uh, in aqueous environments, being able to see stuff. Oh, I just rolled the same number twice. That is a 19. You see the door sort of (laughs) bobbing malevolently. You are able to retrieve it. Yes, please. And I would like to use my movement just to get as close to the hole as possible. So it's difficult, like, you're not able to swim because you're having to wade. Mm-hmm. You you are able to get most of the way towards where the hole is. Shimmer's turn. Shimmer does something. Mystery. Everybody roll me a perception check, please. 14. 11. 16. Remind me, Hendrix, you're telepathic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. You are able to communicate with any aberration, beast, elemental, or monstrosity that has an innate swimming speed. Yes inside your head you sense something that was almost recognizable saying hang on i'm coming <gasps> so yeah so hendrix is hammering away and everything you guys can see him just like working he's been very grumpy at everybody it's just like no we're just gonna mend this boat then he suddenly just pauses and is like something's coming to get us what the hell that sounds sort of ominous i'll let you guys deduce how your characters react to that what as well. the fuck? tiny is going to spend his turn following skylar's previous advice and Tiny is now lashing together loads of barrels and boxes and things like that together. It is now the turn for Storm. Oh no, don't pull that face, DM. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's even worse. Don't do the head tilt. DM. Josh, 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 Josh. Josh, so much rolling. Now he's rubbing his moustache, fucking hell. So you hear a thunder crack. You hear an explosion as the top deck gets obliterated. Of it does. Specifically, the mast gets obliterated. <laughs> Shimmer! And the reason you guys know the mast gets obliterated is because it goes all the way down through the boat. And you see it splinter and crack and shatter. That could not have been a worse rock. As a huge wave rocks the boat. Can one of you please roll me a d20? 17! Oh, that's what we were looking for. Is it? What if that's bad? We don't know what we're going for. After this ear-splitting crack of the mast 
you hear a second huge oh, shit. crash no. as another wave strikes the side of the boat. None of you know from where. You feel the boat lurch forwards as though it was propelled from behind, like a hand's almost pushing it up from underneath. And then the boat just <laughs> thunders back down. Um, the hole you guys were repairing in the hull holds. No oh. more water seems to rush in from there. Oh. But the effect of the boat being tipped forwards on like just that much, water does start to flood in from the front. Oh God! Oh, oh God! No, like the Titanic. Hendrix is absolutely just, just his heart is racing as fast as it possibly can. The poor guy, he's basically having a massive full blown panic attack. I know, Tala's just been like <laughs> showered with this flood of water. So she's feeling pretty good. Skylar, it's your turn. <laughs> So he's looking at all this water, like, coming towards him. <laughs> You're like, the raft, guys. <laughs> Remember the raft? On the plus side, there is now a way to get the raft out into the open. Is the entire top gone? Oh, the top deck is, is Fubar. Where is Shimmer? You can't see Shimmer. Oh my gosh, where is my cake? <laughs> <laughs> Eat the cake. I know, I wish I had more cake. He's like, that's it, I'm making us a raft. <laughs> And he okay. is going to start um, gathering, like, all the crate, like, um, and he wants to try and basically Tetris and bolt all these boxes together so that we can make, like, a flat top. Roll me a survival check. Make it count. That is 22. You are able to, you are able to quite quickly get rope, get barrels, get boxes, helping Tiny Helping Tiny help you to make this raft and your, yeah. your knotsmanship impeccable. You know, mm -hmm. you must have been part of the Boy Scouts or something like that, because your your knot work is second to none. And actually Tiny Tiny is impressed. He's really good at knots. Yeah, yeah. And he's absolutely. Getting any yeah. fabric, any food, and anything he can shove in his backpack, you know, it's like any if there's a watermelon bobbing past, it's in the backpack. You know. <laughs> like any supplies. Anything to help you float, absolutely. Hendrix. He's trying to not show how very genuinely scared he is. Like, flashback scared, not just this is a bad situation scared. Like, he's really trying to hold it together. Yeah. You know that moment in a nightmare where nothing you're doing is working and it's so frustrating? Like, because all his roles thus far have been about, like, fixing the boat. And now we have to ditch the boat and he's just... Oh, God. But then he's kind of like, I don't want to die stuck in a boat that's going down because... Yeah, oh god, definitely. you know. So he's gonna stop mending and he's gonna come over and he's gonna help okay. Skylar. So he stops mending, but before he comes over to Skylar, he kind of just closes his eyes and it looks like he's just mm -hmm. having a moment. That thing that he heard, but um, he kind of reaches out to this thing and he's just like, um, what are you and how close are you? Um, you receive an image in your mind's eye. You see Shimmer. Um, ah. And, and this, this ah. image shows Shimmer diving from the top of the mast. And as as they dive off, they transform into they transform into a shark. What the fuck? Amazing. Shimmer, some sort of druid. Absolutely. And then this this sort of image of Shimmer diving into the water in shark form zooms out, and you can almost see like the red shape of, of parrot sort of circling over the top of the boat. And and then you sort of see then then there's like this image basically wherever parrot is, you sort of ensure that's where Shimmer is. So Shimmer is there to catch people should they fall into the water now. Okay, cool. So he's relieved that Shimmer's okay, um, and thinks it's awesome that Shimmer's a shark. He's also a little bit like, 
there was a brief part where I, I thought maybe a sea monster was coming to save us. And <laughs> <laughs> you might not necessarily want a sea monster to come and save you. He wanted Loch Ness monster. He wanted Nessie to come and save us all. He's like, Shimmer's alive. He's a shark. He's coming this way. No further clarification. <laughs> No, and he comes over to help Skyler, so I'm gonna roll an int, I guess, to help make the uh, roll. Roll me survival, please. Okay, if I must. Because <laughs> you are trying to survive at this point. Creating a raft is definitely a survival skill in this scenario. That's fair. Oh, that's a 17! 17, yeah, oh. you're able to, to get some of these things. Using your sort of nautical knowledge, you're able to shore up sides that might be sort of a bit bad. Pad is going to help you guys make your raft now. He sort of knows a lost, lost cause when he sees one. Pad is slightly freaking out, regretting some of his life choices. Um, Norma <laughs> bursts up from the surface now. The water is far too high, high for her to be able to stand in. She bursts up where the initial hole is. She's like... <gasps> she, she then sort of flips the hood of the cloak that she's wearing, tightens the little fastener around her neck, and she sort of almost melds with the water underneath, and she appears by the raft. And she seems to be using now her her skills in, in creating and mending to try and turn this hunk of bits into a saleable raft, or a salvageable raft at least. Tala, you've got a door in your hand. Tala is, is committing to the plan. She is still gonna try and stop the water coming in with the door. Okay. More so just to buy them time to finish sure. making the raft. Roll me an athletics check. So that is a 17. 17, you're able to push through the force of this water and there's a lot of water coming in now. This raft is starting to get closer and closer to the top. Um, there are points where this water is now sort of, you're having to bend over to try and just cut through the water as best you can. Thankfully you're a triton, you don't really need to worry about like inhaling water. You have an innate, you can breathe underwater can't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you hold the door up to the hole. There's a lot of water trying to come through, but you're able to hold it there and, and stem the worst of the flood. She's also just gonna kind of talk to Liska. I don't like to say pray because I feel like she just talks to them. And she's basically just asking for time. Like she is fine. It's more so for everyone else that is with her. Sure. That's it. I'll just stay with with the door. Uh, Shimmer is gonna keep keep doing Shimmer. Tiny is actually gonna come over to uh, to Tala, and you actually see Tiny pop his hood up. Tighten the fastening. Tala and Hendrix, roll me a nature check. I love Tiny, I think he's my fave. Oh, nat fucking 20! Oh, I only got a 10. Hendrix, you are far too busy trying to make sure this raft is secure so you do not die at sea. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Tala, you're sort of putting your entire body against this door. You're uttering this oath of sorts to to Luska. You see Tiny pop the hood, do up the fastening, get underwater. You see this sort of almost like wide and flat shadow moving towards you. And at first you're like, sure, he's got a cloak. Oh my God, it's like a manta ray. When Tiny goes under the water, he seems to adopt this this half form of a manta ray Ooh, with his, with his yeah. cloak done up. And he gets up by you and he's going to assist you in just keeping that door closed to buy everyone as much time as he can. Um, and he's, he's, he's going to look at you and he's, he's just going to give like the biggest smile he can. Like bearing in mind he's got a cow head biggest smile he can and uh, you can you can take a point of bardic inspiration oh i get my d6 again ah oh. tala's literally just gonna laugh like she's aware that this is tragic but she's kind of having a great time <laughs> and the fact that there's this like minotaur that has just turned into a fucking stingray he, ha- he didn't turn into it he just appeared to look like okay it. but now he's like back to minotaur man and he's smiling at her she's just like this situation 
would have asked me yesterday what I was doing, this would not have been it. So she is just like laughing with kind of weird glee at the whole thing. Hendrix, just so you're aware, someone is laughing by where the water is coming in. I was thinking that. I really was um, thinking. It is the turn of the storm. Oh God. The wind on the deck seems to be whipping up into a real frenzy. If you were to gaze up into the, into the sky as much as you can see, you would see clouds blowing past at a ridiculous speed. At one point, almost comically, Parrot sort of just darts across the sky like a like a goddamn tumbleweed. And and there is there is a great deal of wind happening on the surface. But you guys are underneath, you're not affected by it. The wind is not a factor in the holding in place of the door. Oh! <laughs> this is for Tala. As listeners, just so you're aware, uh, we are using Zoom to talk to each other and you can put backgrounds on it. Alice has given uh, a background of Hendrix will remember this. Hey, this is a bizarre situation, okay? Don't tell me how to react. I'm just saying I'll remember. <laughs> Skylar, it's your turn. You feel like things are getting pretty desperate, said the DM to everyone with a knowing look in his eye. Oh. Okay, so give me a status at the moment, this graph. What have we got? Uh, it, it is floating. It is made of barrels. It is made of crates. You have got lots of scraps of fabric to protect yourselves. It seems to be quite well bound together. No one is currently on the raft. Okay. You know that with survival rafts, the trick is not being on top of it. The trick is being near it. So long as you can hold on to it, it will be enough to save your life. You do not necessarily need to sit on so it. So how I envision how I want this raft, four crates in four clusters with then planks across the top. Okay, there are currently no planks in place. If you'd like to roll me a survival check, you can do that to secure some planks. So that is a 20. You are able to get planks, you are able to secure planks onto this raft. And it seems like that's a good thing because this boat is, the, the, the boat does not look good. Hendrix. Okay, so the boat does not look good. He wants to go to the, because you said there's a barrel of water on board. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd like to go get that and make sure that we've got that because water's going to be the key thing. I'm going to need you to do an athletics roll. Oh, I don't do very well. Um, I got a nine. You are <laughs> able to find the barrel of water. Um, unfortunately, it is a barrel of fresh water in an ocean of seawater, salt water. Um, I mean, that's what helps you identify it because it is denser than the water that it is around. Um, you're able to find it, but you are not strong enough to move it from where it is. All right. Would you like to do anything else in your turn? He's going to pray, but it's that kind of, um, I guess because it's a bargain relationship, it's more of a voodoo type prayer of like, yeah. do me a solid and I'll fucking owe ya, <laughs> you know? I'm gonna need you to roll me a persuasion. Okay. Your relationship with Axel is very different to Tyler's relationship with Luska. Yep, 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 yep. 19. 19. And I, I assume the bargain is, as the bargain always seems to be, with Axel, help me out of this one and I'll do you, and I owe you a solid. Yeah exactly that it is pad's turn he's gonna turn to tiny and tyler he's gonna say guys the boat's gone get near this raft need the two strongest people to keep this thing together norma's turn um she is frantically and like she looks exhausted like her she looks as though she's spending as many of her spells as she can in trying to get this trying to get this raft to be seaworthy to stand together and she, yeah, she, she discharges her last spell to sort of try and make this boat 
strong and a lot of these planks that Skylar's been attaching to the top sort of merge together to create a sort of a stronger piece of wood as opposed to several small planks. Tala. So I'm aware that mechanically I go before Tiny. Yeah. But she's not going to move until Tiny moves. She kind of wants them to go at the same time so that one of them doesn't get caught in the massive flow of water. Sure. So can we move together to the raft? You can wait until it's Tiny's turn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shimmer's turn. Shimmer's doing Shimmer. Tiny's going to turn to Tala. He's going to go one, two, three. And you both need to do an athletics roll. Are we like going into water? Oh, man, there is so much water. Can I like dive into it? I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. If you want to swim, yeah, this, this is now like swimmable depths. So, so roll, do me athletics at advantage. Oh, nat 20. Nat 20, nice. Which is a 26 technically, but yes, nat 20. Tiny got a 24. His first roll was an at one. Oh. So you get a bit of a head start off Tiny because you've been waiting for him to give you the, the go and, and you sort of <laughs> splash off, swimming, cutting through the water with a lot of effortlessness and grace that would make Hendrix green with envy where he looking at you and not sort of the middle distance yeah not trying to cut a deal with an eldritch board. yeah <laughs> she's probably swimming more under the water than on top of yeah, it yeah definitely 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 and you sort of hear hear this this torrent of water come in through the hull you hear tiny sort of swear and then you sort of see this manta ray shape overtake you going twice as fast as you are sure towards the where is norma Norma is like by the side of the raft holding on and she I would and like she looks to exhausted. Norma's side. Yeah. So like I can put my arm around her so that if she gets pulled like basically to make sure she doesn't get taken by the water. Um as you as you reach the raft, Tyler, you feel a wave of exhaustion start to overtake you as your rage is subsiding within you. Your body can only only maintain like a minute of rage and and we are definitely over that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the, the adrenaline is just sort of petered out in your body. That's okay. She's in the water now. She feels oh, yeah. better now. She's actually in the water. <laughs> Absolutely. Water's safe. Yeah, she feels like calm now. She's like, it's okay. I'm actually in the water. It's the storm's turn. I have been tracking the HP of the boat. Uh... There is a rumble of thunder off in the distance. Doesn't seem like a lightning bolt strikes the boat. There is a gust of wind overhead, but you don't see parrot streak across the sky. What the six of you and presumably Shimmer see is a huge wave come over you. If the sun were there, it would black out the sun. This wave is all that you guys see. I would like all three of you to please roll me a strength saving throw. There's a 23 for Tala. Six. Ten. This wave crashes over and it tosses the boat around like a rag doll. This boat has been putting up with a lot of punishment. I will tell you now that this wave turns it from a bad boat into pretty good flotsam and jetsam. This raft of sorts is almost carried out of the boat. Hendrix, you are not near this raft, but your your, your eldritch nature of sorts kicks in and you feel the control almost leave your body. Okay. Um, as you feel yourself being propelled from behind, like there's a hand of sorts on your back throwing you towards this raft to make me a dexterity saving throw. 15. You are thrust towards the raft and you grab on to some of the ropes on the side. <laughs> And as you do so, you see Skylar being 
take carried away by the force of this water underneath and you reach out your hand and this tentacle flies out of your non-dominant hand towards him and Skyler, you feel this this obsidian tentacle with purple suckers grasping your middle and pulling you towards the boat. Skylar, how many hit points do you have left? Me? Yeah. Ten. Okay. Alice. Yes. With that in mind, can you please roll me 2d8? Oh, gently, gently now, tentacles. Gently, gently. It's not going well so far. Oh no. 2d8 plus your charisma modifier. Plus your charisma, fuck. <laughs> Hendrix stares into the middle distance. Hendrix's eyes have gone real wide, guys. Hendrix? That's a 16. <laughs> Fucking fuck. Skylar, this tentacle at first you're like, oh my god, Hendrix has saved my life. Wraps around you, pulls you in. And you start to feel really cold. Really, really cold with his tentacles wrapped around you. And Hendrix, as you see your your companion get dragged towards yourself, you see Skylar. And for a moment you look at Skylar and you see Hendrix. And then you see Skylar again. And you, using a reserve of your strength, you put Skylar on, on deck, grab a rope, secure him in as best you can. Skylar, you are out cold. You squeeze too tight with your tentacles. I'm so sorry! <laughs> That's the best damage I've ever rolled with any, any attack. <laughs> it was against your team. The first, um, the first D8 rolled an 8. <laughs> oh. Now I need all of you and Skylar at disadvantage to roll me a survival check. So sorry, Skylar. I was trying to... I was, well, I was... It was a nat one. Oh, it was a nat one for me too. Oh my god, I got a 13. As this storm continues, you find your makeshift raft saving your lives. Skyler, you're not awake for any of this. You feel your raft saving your lives. Hendrix, you're plagued with guilt. You think you've killed this guy? Tala, you have not been in this sort of water before. In your life, you've heard tales of the sea being this angry. You never could have imagined it being this bad. You are able to hold on to the raft, Tala. Uh-huh. And because you can breathe underwater, you, you've got no risk of drowning. Uh-huh. But you are not having a nice time. You are struggling. And you are trying to keep Norma afloat as well, remember? Using yeah. your arm to keep her, keep her secured. As this storm now rages for hours and you guys spend every ounce of energy you have on not dying. As a last ditch effort, Tiny puts a hand on Skylar's leg and he heals Skylar for... Skylar, you, you heal nine hit points. <gasps> yeah. oh. And you are once again conscious, but you are being tossed around on this raft. And this, I mean, I, I cannot stress this storm rages for hours and hours and it is just Hendrix for you I imagine this is this is your fear this is your biggest fear yep Tala I imagine there's a great deal of confusion that this idea of feeling hurt and after hours of nautical punishment and you guys you don't know if you're conscious if you're unconscious if you're dreaming you finally almost mercifully get caught in a huge wave that brings your raft almost soaring through the sky 
and you hear this you hear you hear like a like a crunch like a crunchy thud and it's a sound that Hendrix and Tali you will recognize quite well as the sound of a boat hitting against a sandy sandy shore mm-hmm. and you guys survive this storm as you are pushed up on a sandy shore Oh wow! Oh, that very cool! Oh my goodness, so good. that was so, so intense! Fun. Where have our three heroes landed? Do they like sand? After all, it's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. What's happened to Skylar's rat giblets? Oh, find out next time on Dice and a Slice. That being said, I am a I am a person who like I'll buy granola and then eat just eat it without any softening. Oh, Josh is lying. Everyone needs to know this. Josh mixes his muesli with orange juice. That's muesli, not granola. With orange juice. But people still need to know. People need to know that this is a thing that he does. Yeah. I mix my muesli with orange juice and yogurt. You're just having all your breakfast at once? Wait, you can't mix orange juice and yogurt? That's foul. No, I'll have orange juice with muesli or I'll have apple and yogurt. Apple juice and yogurt together. That's even worse. Apple juice and yogurt's even worse. So upset. It's a thing. Yeah, but should it be? (laughs) Yeah.